Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. How is everybody doing out there? I am Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan here, and I'm so excited to be back here tonight to talk awesome animes with the great Amateur Otaku crew and everybody on the chat, everybody on the live stream. How is everybody doing out there? Jamie, what's up? Oh, not that much. Um, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be talking anime with you guys. It's been an interesting week. Mike? Wait, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Christmas, Mike. I'm cold. It's Wisconsin. It's December. Um, so I'm staying inside quite a lot watching anime. So it's been fun. I, I, I love how you <laughs> say that you're cold. And my avatar is the most stressed out of everyone, and yours is the least stressed. Like, you know, does that hat have magic powers that it just cools you down? I mean, warms you up? Or what's what's the deal? I mean, I'm used to the cold because, again, Wisconsin Water Tribe represent. But that doesn't change <laughs> the fact that I'm always freezing cold. It's just it's just the truth of it, honestly. So, in other words, the freeze is a state of being. It really is. I mean, I've, that actually sounds football. like an that sounds like an avatar line. We play football on the frozen tundra. It's just part of the identity at this point. <laughs> nice. Nice. Also, we beat the Bears today. So, you know, life's Dog Bears. <laughs> nice. And I don't know why. I, got, I, need, I feel I need to bring this back. And, of course, we are joined by the one, the only, the man, Isaac Wolf. What's up, man? <laughs> Hi. You guys notice he went back to his no his uh, sleepy avatar. Yeah, it's 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 troubling. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 going good. I'm just tired. That's pretty usual. It, but are you and... more tired than normal because you went back to the sleepy avatar? Yeah, I am. Oof. So I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna mean quiet, Isaac, out of control, Isaac. Or weird in between, Isaac. Can I get at least a preview of what we're to expect during this stream? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, is that the preview or? <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It's, it's like those six-second ads on YouTube. If you're watching us, you probably got one of those already. Where it's yes. like, hmm. it's an ad, so it's annoying enough to be present, but it's also too short for me to learn anything. <laughs> That's really what that preview was. Like, I, I yeah, still can't I gauge know. which Isaac we're getting. Exactly. But the best thing, but the best the thing about it is that if you love what we do, you can click on that like button, you subscribe to our <laughs> YouTube channel, and click on the bell for notifications so that you can get all shades of Isaac. You see what I did there? That is a segue, ladies and gentlemen. You can get all <laughs> shades of Isaac. And you can get every single episode that we do. We do awesome episodes every single week on multiple topics. And on the big four anime of the season, we are covering My Hero Academia. We are covering Spy Family. We are covering Chainsaw Man. And we are coming, we're covering Bleach, the Thousand Year Blood War. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening throughout the entire fall season. And don't worry, the things that we're not covering right now, we will catch up. So make sure you click that like button. Make sure you subscribe and you click on the bell for notifications so you don't miss any coverage on our YouTube channel. But also, if you'd rather listen to us on the go, this edition of This Week in Anime and all of those that came before it are available as of tomorrow. Yes, we go live every Sunday and every Monday. This Week in Anime become, goes live on our 
podcast channel. So you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, except Podbean for some reason. I don't know. We, we got to fix that. But we are everywhere podcasts are found mostly. And you can listen to us on the go. We've had amazing episodes. Last week, we got a blast talking Chainsaw Man and Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. We are returning Oops. with that next week. This, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> this episode, we are back with our coverage of My Hero Academia Season 6 with episodes 122 and 123. And we are back with our coverage of Pi X Family with episodes 21 and 22 of the second core of Season 1. But guys, we got one topic. We promised a sequel, a return. And we're talking again. Where's the anime? With our part two of video games that deserve an anime adaptation. We had a huge blast talking about this last episode on the last live stream. And and what a great varied list. I mean, Isaac, of course, mentioned Xenoblade Chronicles. He mentions a Fire Emblem. Mike brought Overwatch, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mentioned Catherine, and I blew um, Arc Winder's mind. Like it's, it was a great conversation. Um, if you want to check it out, um, it'll be linked in the description below. Um, and a, a week after, before that, we talked about mangas that deserve anime. So today we're back with talking about with, and bringing back even more video games that deserve an anime adaptation. Um, Jamie is joining the fray for the duration of this episode and on this conversation. And Jamie, I know you have a Twitch channel. I know you play some stuff, so I'm really interested to see what you bring to this conversation. I'm really excited to hear this. Um, so I can't wait. I don't know, guys. Should we jump right in? Let's, yeah, let's do, do it. it. Awesome, awesome. So who's first? I believe that would be the Mad Doc. Isaac, first, well, first, first thing, man. Bring it in, bro. What the, what the, the picture did you put up first, uh, first in the doc? The well, first one is oh. The Legend of Zelda. Specifically Twilight, Twilight Princess. Right? Nice. Well, I'm yeah. sort of going to uh, semi-sheet here because when it comes to Twilight Princess, I don't want exactly uh, want the game. I want them to take cues from the, the manga that has elevated the story. Isaac, that was and- two weeks ago, bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that to the man. I mean, I'm sort of doing a throwback to the previous one, but also is doing a, a spot for this one because Twilight Princess, in my book, is the best re- written uh, Zelda book, and the manga is just confirming it by far, by adding the layer, even more layers on top of it all. I'll and, allow it, uh, <laughs> and it also. I should have put it uh, outside of uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I would dare argue that this is the more, uh, most serious uh, and uh, the more. It, it's the more. I wouldn't call it serious, but the more. The mature, more mature type yeah, of story. Mm-hmm. In comparison to the other Legends of Zelda. Mm hmm. And it just it, it it's a uh, it's a Zelda game that I probably goes back to replaying at least once a year. Also, so uh, I, I want uh, a little bit more 
detail, if you will, <laughs> since you're yeah. pulling from the the manga, what are the like the major differences between the video game and the manga? Uh, for example, uh, in Link the manga, talks. talks. Link talks <laughs> in the manga. Oh my god! <laughs> Link do talk, and he's an actual character. But on top of it all, that it's uh, outside of that, they are uh, evolving the whole idea of the Triforce. Uh, they put some uh, manga-only scenes in between it all. That, in terms of the context, evolving the whole scenario between the darkness and the light kind of deal and uh, it's also i dare argue the one Zelda sword that has the guts to be, uh, be to show that uh, war has uh, no pretty side it it uh, i dare even argue that twilight princess even the game although the manga especially is the it's not afraid to become dark when it needs to. That's what I'm gonna. That's uh, the term. I have a question, and I'm about to put myself out there, but you know what? I can take it. Um, I've never played a Zelda game. Boo this man! Boo! <laughs> hey, I can take it. So. Wait, did we, did uh, he said he could take it, but we lost him. Oh, okay. I, I can take it. I was taken down. I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it again. I've never played a Zelda game. You know, it, it, it's with great displeasure that we lost. I am coming back in this conversation. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna give you another reason to take me out. I love the Attack on Titan ending. There, I did it. I did. It. So, guys, for the audio listeners at home. We, I assume Isaac, it keeps kicking Brandon out of the stream, which I think is warranted. I think I'm the new host now of this episode. So with that said. He's back. So, but here's the thing, though. I respect Zelda so much as a franchise. That is not that I have not taken the time to dive into lore, dive into storylines and stuff like that. I just never had a console and actually bought a Zelda game to play. I've, I, well, I've been toying with the idea of playing Breath of the Wild. I've been thinking about playing Ocarina of Time since I have the Nintendo Switch online. So trust me, it's, it's on the list. It's not like I don't have it anywhere on the list. It's there. So I'm not a heathen, just a slight heretic. So the... <laughs> So, guys. So, the question <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> this is getting at. Oh, my God. The reason I wanted to ask the question is this, because based on what you were saying about it being more dark, um, it, it, it kind of sounds, I want to ask this question because I want to know if I'm thinking in the right direction. But it kind of, you make it sound like one of the things that the manga is doing that is not really something that really occurs in most Zelda games because of the audience that it's mostly directed to. But this feels like the, the manga is doing a good job in involving the people of this world more as opposed to just having like standard NPCs because most cell most Legend of Zelda games are very one-sided in terms of it is Link traveling through everything and it's mostly from that perspective more than anything but it sounds like yeah, the manga is making this ma the manga is making this world feel a lot more lived in like you make a home run with that content yeah, so so see, and I haven't played a game. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like like it, it brings it brings the 
I don't I don't want to say this loosely, but it brings the Game of Thrones, the fire emblem of it all, into the world of Zelda. Which, for example, you can quote, you can try and say that Hyrule Warriors tries to do that by expanding the cast of characters that you can play and interact with, but it's not the same because it's still a limited number of people as opposed to analyzing and exploring the effects of the constant war between light and darkness, Link and Ganon, and how that's affected Hyrule in a social, political level and all that stuff. Does that make sense? Which... Just to give an example of how the whole art look in that manga. That looks amazing. Yes, yeah, it does. Okay, that's baller. I'm in. I'll watch the anime, and at some point I'll play the game. <laughs> You better, you better play that game ASAP. Yeah, I would play the game first since the anime is still in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love how Isaac's main thread on the show is like, you need to do this ASAP. And then Mike is looking at his five-year-old list like, right away, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, any minute, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch Violet Evergarden sometime in the next. You five haven't years, seen Violet Evergarden? No. Oh. no. You know, Jamie. So there's something about <laughs> about. <laughs> I didn't kick him out. That, that was, was deserved. That was deserved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh boy, Jamie. Yes. What are your thoughts on video games that should get anime adaptations? What's your first pick? Uh, well, I'm gonna go with my, my, uh, softball, I guess, first, and end it with my heavy hitter. My softball is gonna be the Great Ace Attorney series, which is technically, like, not that far out of reach, considering the Ace Attorney series already had its own anime, but a yeah, lot of people... Games. Yeah, a lot of people in the... And the Ace Attorney like community agree that the great Ace Attorney series featuring Naruhoto, which is supposed to be uh, Phoenix's like great great grandfather, I think. Um, they say that a lot of these stories that Naruhoto is featured in are like so much more have so much more depth and are just much more enjoyable than some of the stories told in the original ace attorney series so i would love to see them do an anime adaptation for that nice nice i one of the things that i like about i've seen trailers for this series is this um, another game you haven't played calm down but i played <laughs> but here's the thing though i have played ace attorney so i know what it's about and i've seen and i've been very tempted to buy this one um what the one thing that i like about it which is why, which is one of the reasons why I love Sherlock Holmes, um, is that this one takes place in a pre-technological world. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it, you have to be a lot more creative when it comes to your to telling fine detective stories to keep it engaging. So I kind of, I kind of want to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think it would be. Um... Even for people that have already seen the stories and stuff, just like being able to relive them and getting like fully animated scenes. Because I think in some instances for the original Ace Attorney series, you kind of have some animated scenes. But for the great Ace Attorney series, um, it was pretty much like a labor of love. So there was no way there was going to be fully animated stuff in there. So I would love to see that for the first time. Cool. Cool. Dope. 
Isaac, you said you you love these games. So, like, what are your thoughts on this pick? I uh, think it's a brilliant pick, and it just makes me uh, think back of the whole uh, live action movie for the Ace Attorney games that it, that uh, exist. Yes, there is one, and yes, I've seen it, and it's actually decent for a video game adaptation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do believe I did, uh, didn't. I even. Uh, Review this game for Ruben. I can't recall. Very possible. He did. I edited it. He did. (laughs) And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It it has the prime example of goofy, enjoyable characters and uh, interesting murder mysteries on top of all that. uh, And you could uh, do well. You can easily do your own stories if you even need the filler stories at that because yeah. it just uh, one mystery happen you need to solve this rinse and repeat it's just like uh, the formula writes itself kind of deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if Detective Conan has been going on for who knows how many years at this Yo. point, like there's definitely space for greatest and people, and people complain that the One Piece never uh, ends. No, look, if Doraemon, if Doraemon is still going on, hmm. like anything can go on forever. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you you mentioned like creating anime only stories, right? We're not going to necessarily say filler. It's just like anime only content. I think is a nicer. <laughs> term um a, a show Fair. that we're going to talk about a little bit later is spy family right and they've done that a lot this back half of, of season one we have some mm-hmm. episodes that i got thoughts <laughs> yeah that don't connect to the manga that isaac has shared with us uh but they're yeah. still not they're not bad and it's just like yeah more adventures with these characters so I, i'm cool with them doing stuff like that as long as it doesn't distract from like the main plot yeah. but yeah having having them do one random case that's not from a video game, I think would be cool. Cool. Mike, what'd you got, bro? Uh, yeah, it's my turn. This is a game Brandon thankfully has played, and that is Horizon, <laughs> uh, Zero Dawn, and Forbidden West. Oh, and trust me, Mike knows. I've played this game. <laughs> he has played this game longer than anybody else on the planet, honestly. <laughs> but, but Well, I mean, it took me only like seven months to finish it, but that's a different story. Oh, man. I, I really mean, I've definitely taken a, a long time to beat stuff, so yeah, I can't judge. <laughs> yeah. So anybody who knows me knows that fantasy is by far my favorite genre, and Horizon. I I, I was really struggling because it was down between Horizon and God of War, but I feel like Horizon would benefit the most from an anime adaptation. There's so many characters, especially when we get to the sequel, Forbidden West, um, and that story kind of has some trouble juggling them all in the main story you kind of get more from the from the side quest which is cool but i think that's where the anime would be really great right we we could explore this extremely vast and colorful world and characters in a way that the video games can't necessarily do because they're so focused on aloy and that beaten path that the games are taking um and yeah i I just think it's such a fantastic fantasy world that in the right hands, it would just be beautifully animated, and it would just have ins- insane like action scenes at Aloy versus all of these robots and yeah. these crazy machines. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I- I'm going with Horizon as my pick for this one. 
Okay, I actually, um, I was wondering until you, up, up until the point where you said like Aloy having crazy action scenes, I was wondering if you would want to do something similar to what like Disney Plus has done, where instead of focusing on like solely the Black Panther, like now they're having just a Wakanda show. Would you want something like that for the world of Horizon Forbidden West, where you get to expand on those characters a bit more without having like the pressure of focusing on Aloy all the time? Yeah, you can do that too, right? Like Aloy. I love Aloy, don't get me wrong, but she's also a character where you can easily spin off from her and, and follow someone else, and I don't think you miss a beat that much because the games are very focused on developing the universe, and so we can follow all of these other characters. We can even create new characters that exist in this world, right? One of, um, and it always comes back to Avatar with me, but one of the biggest ideas, right, is that you can tell a story about characters within the Avatar universe without it having to be about the Avatar themselves because right. that world is just so huge. I feel like Horizon is in, in a similar vein where it doesn't even have to be about Aloy because they are making a live action show. So this is this is going to get its fair share eventually anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think it'll benefit, especially again, my other pick was going to be God of War, but I feel like God of War is perfect as is Horizon's the one that I think would benefit the most from an anime adaptation. You, know, you can take it in a multitude of ways. So, so it's interesting that you mentioned the, 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 uh, what you and Jamie said about the characters and, and the world. And there's something about, I mean, I like the idea. I, I don't know why, but every, you, you guys made me think about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. Where, where, of course, Phil Coulson was a big character of the MCU, right? But mm -hmm. it's really a show that birthed out of the character of Nick Fury. Yeah. That's where mm -hmm. that show originated. That's where the, the genesis of that show came of. Uh, it's all about what, what can, how can we expand the foot-on-the-ground soldier life that comes through that side of Marvel's universe through Nick Fury, right? And and and, and Agents of Shield, like if you get an Agents of Shield type show in the Horizon world, that would be very interesting. Where not only do we not necessarily follow Aloy as the main character, um, we know she's around. We know she exists. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like like uh, similar to like the new PlayStation VR two game that they're working on which is literally that. It's just another story within that universe. Um, you can even do an anthology. Like personally, I, I personally am thorn, I'm, I'm torn because I think that the most faithful way of doing Horizon in an alternative media is live action, in my opinion, um, because there's something about watching the machines in animation that I think it will make them lose a lot of their luster and, and appeal. That's my personal opinion. Um, but if we do like live action, if we do anime films a la Animatrix on in the Horizon world, I would find that fascinating. And like, I think it's fascinating that you mentioned that considering yeah. your love for the Gundam genre. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is this, but it's very different though because Gundams are meant to be extension of human beings. These machines are extensions of nature. So the way they interact and, and like the human element is not something that you can completely separate from Gundams. This you can. So it just feels different. You mm. see what I'm saying? That, that's just my feel. Um, like even a show like Zoids, um, those that know what Zoids are, 
it's just like Gundam because you literally have a pilot driving the the Soids, right? Um, but yeah, like if if I were to see an anime version of this, I would I would pick like an anthology series, maybe like you have an episode that's just within the world of the Quen. You have an episode that's in the world of Nora. You have an episode that's about the Hunter's Guild. You have an episode, you have stuff like that that is just expanding stuff, similar to Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood. Um, but I, about a series, I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced about that. But hey, if it's good, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's but it, but it's a good pick, man. Yeah, I think that means you're next, B. So. We're going to talk about Tetris. Oh, wait, they're already doing that. Um, oh, no, gosh. it's not Tetris. Um, is it true that guy's <laughs> name's Johnny Tetris? That's so bad. Um, so this first game, it is a PS1 classic gem. And it's one of those explorations of the horror genre, horror sci-fi genre from Squaresoft, when, when before it was with Square Enix, and that's Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve, I mean, here's, of course, is a, a thing about it too, but, but Parasite Eve is a very, very interesting game. It's an action RPG uh, where you follow this main character that apparently has a connection to the main villain, which is someone that has developed the ability to evolve at a molecular level by because their cells are mutated mitochondria. And it's like, it makes us a lot of, it's weird, it's like fringe science. And like they have abilities, they have powers and stuff like that. And you can definitely, it's like an X-Men kind of thing, but only very few people have it. But I don't know, the way the character models are, they're very final, they're very modern Final Fantasy. The, the type of monsters, how the monsters create. I love how it has this psychopath um, vibe. It has this Parasite the Maxim vibe where you can tell these very interesting intellectual stories about what does it mean to be human? When does one stop being human? And, and, and where, where evolution is taking place quickly in a monstrous way? And, and is the main character still human, even though she is connected to these new evolutions that are destroying New York City little by little? So I, I think it's, it's, it has a lot of potential a lot of people want, love this. This is, this is like a cult favorite game that a lot of people have been wanting Square Enix to remake for years. And I think it would be, it, it's ripe for adaptation. And it's one of those games or stories that you can, if you do it right, you can get away with doing a 16, 20 episode series and that's it. And if it's good, it'll make everybody happy. So epic Parasite Eve, horror sci-fi genre, cool action. And very interesting cast. Has anyone here played that game besides Brandon? <laughs> I haven't, but I've heard so much about it and how the fans are really uh, like begging Square Enix to return to the series and either do another iteration or a remake or whatever whatever it is. Like They, they want it bad. So I yeah. don't think that um, this show wouldn't have an audience to begin with. I think people would definitely be interested in seeing it. Yeah, it's one of those like franchises. Said. Yeah, I was just gonna of... say what Jamie said. Nice. It's one of those Ooh. franchises that I've heard <laughs> about, but <laughs> it's one of those franchises I've heard about, but never I actually played my, myself. So. <laughs> Love you. 
Ah, oh, guys. You can tell that this is like the fourth year of their marriage at this point. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, it's it's and it's and it's a cool game that like I played it for the first time maybe two to three years ago. And it still holds up. Like it, it's a very well made game. And and the and the, and, the, and the and it's great because the, it's one of those games where it, it kind of holds up its lore on the surface. So it's just ripe for development. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, like it has all the elements to be explored and expanded upon by good writers. So, you know, I would definitely love to see something like this. Nice. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see it. We go back to Jamie. Jamie. Actually, it's Isaac. <laughs> oh, Isaac. Don't worry, Jamie. <laughs> Hold your hardball for a little bit. I remember. Isaac. All right. What you got, bro? What you got? Well, do you remember uh, that we covered a certain an- anime adaptation of a Square Enix game rather recently? Anime adaptation of Square Enix. Uh, Near Automata? No, th- that one co- uh, comes out soon. I was talking about what's come uh, came out uh, a couple of months ago, or was it? Oh, last a couple year? Of months ago. I know there's like Neo the World Ends with <laughs> you, but that's... I, 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 you have Bingo. to tell me what it is. Which one? Oh, okay. Near, uh, I was talking about the game, and Jamie, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh... yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, yeah, that would be and fun. Neo the World Ends with you, and I have to say that as someone that has now played both of the game after I watched the uh, anime adaptation of the previous one. Square Enix needs, uh, they clearly uh, need some, uh, to get someone uh, to know how to handle it all because uh, this is a game that has been mistreated completely to the point that they just shadow dropped a PC port of this game the same day as Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out without any notice. Yeah. And, and but this is a game that, uh, Continue uh, is about an entirely new cast that gets involved in the game, so to speak. That uh, this uh, the world ends with you have, and they need to follow along and tries to well, like the previous one, survive the game while a lot more uh, a lot more problems occurs uh, than the previous one had, and. If you uh, thought uh, the soundtrack for the first game and the anime show was good, this show would just kick, uh, kick uh, just knock it out of the par even more. And yeah. it's sort of like a we need some uh, stylistic uh, uh, stylistic uh, and French uh, animes that sticks out and do their own thing and. Aren't afraid of being, um, being what they uh, what they are, and uh, with everything that they introduced in that game, lore-wise, I think they could do some pretty cool stuff uh, within the visual medium. And Square Enix, if you don't want to do anything more with the IP, just sell it to someone <laughs> uh, like well, their own. Uh, even Sega or Atlas would be a uh, more important. Atlas would be a good pick for it. I digress. 
Just don't sell it to Konami. <laughs> yeah. Oh lord, no. Yeah. They may Although be making Konami... pachinko games the next ga- next day. Uh, although Konami seems to pick up the pace when it comes to uh, games recently, I w- uh, that, which shocks me. I w- won't uh, lie. So, yeah. I, I just need you to clear something up for me, because uh, either I missed it or or you kind of glossed over it. If this just got an anime adaptation, no, no, why'd... the prequel got an. Uh, yeah, the previous game gotcha. had an anime adaptation. Well, it's not. It's not a prequel. Part one got an anime adaptation. This yeah. is a prequel. So Neo, the world is a prequel. No, no, no. The uh, the world ends with you is a prequel. This is a sequel. This is a this is a direct okay, sequel, I, I even if it's I, right. We all understand each other, but what I'm trying to say is the original game is the first installment. Yes, it, it would only be called a prequel if it came after Neo. Yeah. Which it didn't. I thought you. Uh, I thought gotcha. you were. T- yeah, whatever. Potato, potato, <laughs> tomato. Uh, okay. Thing, okay. Calm down. I understand. Captain Salad Bar. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> now look. Um, marriage. Um, so uh, now I am going to ask a question, Isaac, because I know you pay a lot more attention to this than I do. That's why you're the doc. I'm not the doc. I just watch stuff. Um, was the original animation? received very well i I know i I know i know i know we enjoyed it but was it like well received that that it would gather it was was that or what i could gather it was okay cool now in your experience since you've played the games was the was the animation faithful to the game yeah okay Cool. And, and I want to watch it. When it comes out, I want to watch it. It has some. Uh, it's, uh, it's more. Because after Persona and 5, it's a lot better than Persona 5. And uh, my. Just like Mike had a what if pick, my what if pick was Persona 5 Royal. And I say Royal because, well, Persona 5 deserves more. And if you. De- if you uh, adapt Persona 5 now, you'd uh, take Royal, especially considering a certain uh, certain Doctor, uh, which is arguably one of the best written characters in the entire Persona series. So. Yeah. He just... I don't know how, but he still managed to throw it in there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, works with me. <laughs> okay. I think it's awesome. a pretty good pick, though. Um, I've been playing the game... Or I started playing maybe a month ago. I've been I've been playing pretty slow, to be honest with you. But I really like the changes that they made and, and how they're going uh, kind of a different direction with telling the story. So I'd definitely be interested in seeing um, the sequel anime to The World Ends With You. Sweet. Nice. I'm even more pumped now. <laughs> I've got nothing to add to this pick, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you said you had a hardball. Throw it. I do. Okay. So this has, I feel like, always been a, I guess, a, a cult, fit, what is it, cult classic uh, video okay. game series until recently. And that would be, I think, the Yakuza series. It's definitely not, like, the biggest series out there, but it has grown substantially from where yes. it was years ago. 
And I think it would be absolutely perfect to have an anime. Even if you didn't want to follow the main story, the side stories in Yakuza are absolutely hilarious. They're always fun to to watch and experience with Kiryu. Um, and I think even following the new protagonist, like uh, Kasuga Ichiban, would be interesting as well to get to know him a little bit more and get to see more of his uh, background or maybe even like what he's up to in between games. Um, I know he has a game coming out, I think, next year. And then we also have from like the RGG Studios, Judgment is going on now. So getting to see, um, what's his name, Makoto? Maybe, I think. Um, getting to see the detective of that series kind of like, you know, spread his wings and, and make his way into like this big Yakuza universe. Maybe even getting to see like Kiryu at some point in, in the anime would be cool. I don't know. They just make a bunch of really fun characters and really like crazy kooky scenarios, even in the main story, that would just be gold to adapt to anime. I love your pick. Um, it's fun because, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but one of the reasons that Yakuza is blowing up in the States now is because it just started coming out in the States on PS4. But yeah. this, but this series has been going on. It's similar to like, similar to like some of the Final Fantasy games that didn't come out till like years after on the States. Like, because this has been a big franchise for years in Japan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the first game was in 2005 in Japan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here in the States. I believe a, so. It was yeah. a delayed release, yeah. Yeah, but ja- but yeah, Jakusa is like it's like Japanese Saints Row. It it sounds ridiculous, sounds hilarious. I've seen a lot the fighting style looks great. It has a lot of brawler elements that a lot of anime are kind of like built on that gang style like you got tokyo revengers is blowing up bungo stray dogs mm-hmm. has a lot of those like brotherhood like elements right yeah um so yeah i think i think you're on the money it's it's like it's like a the game is built like a an anime video game but it's not because it kind of wants to be re- live action but it's not because it's too crazy so anime is like <laughs> <Yeah>. the perfect <laughs> medium for it <laughs> Yeah, it, it's oh my gosh! I would, I would like, I would do a lot of things <laughs> to get to see this become a real anime. Um, just if not for anything else, just so that way other people can experience Yakuza and finally see like what all the craziness is about. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. Part of me wants to see this in live action though, and like make it like a rush hour type of series. That would be interesting too. <laughs> um, that would be interesting it, too. It, it like Horizon. It's one of those where I would accept it in both. Um, so I can't complain, regardless of how they want to adapt it. But this is one of the ones where it's like, yeah, I kind of want to see how this works in live action too. Give me both. <laughs> we want and, all. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying we want them all. So, um, and you know what's interesting though. Um, now that I think about it, if while we wait on an actual Jakusa anime, if you want to see anything in similar lines, um, you got to just watch what is it? Uh, the Life of a House Husband. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. You just got to watch. That's that's how you prep for it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that was so good. <laughs> yeah. 
So Jay. awesome. Great pick, Jamie. Awesome Thank pick. <laughs> okay, Mike. What you got under your hat? Last yeah, pick. Yeah. My last pick, again, was kind of going back and forth. We're going to go with Assassin's Creed. And it can't be worse than that live action with Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Isaac we're talking about wrong. good. We're talking about good things, Isaac. <laughs> I saw that movie in theater, and ugh. That's yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about good things. So I think Assassin's Creed would be a great anthology series, which is something Brandon mentioned earlier about yes. uh, my Horizon pick. But like, can you imagine each season we're following a different assassin, right? Or e- even smaller than that, we have two episode arcs. With, with a different assassin in a different time I like period. that. And I think that would be a really clever workaround. We can have different events. We can have different stories. You can even play it to where they all start to connect, like Court of Owl style, right? Where the assassins are yeah. fighting this, this evil, shady organization, and it's just decade after decade they keep resurfacing. And it has, like, that one through line of whatever threat the assassins are, are, are trying to, to take care of. So I think that would be a really uh, unique idea. One thing that I've been trying to do with all of my picks across the last couple of weeks is I don't want to pick the, the obvious, well, this game makes sense to be an anime because X, Y, Z. I kind of want to go for the weird, if that makes sense, and see how it, it kind of fits into the medium that way. So I feel like Assassin's Creed... On the surface, it's like, yeah, make this live action. But I think it would be a really unique anime series if the right studio took it on. And it's funny that you say that. and Because when you mentioned anthology, you just blew my mind. Because I think that's the key word for franchises like that. Um, because if you think about it, the anthology aspect of it has already been done to great success. Right. Marvel's What If. Mm-hmm. Like that's the format. The format's right there. You don't have to do the whole bring the guardians of the multiverse or whatever, but you can do it where, like, you cover the initial stories of different tampiers and stuff like that, um, or you cover one season. You focus on one character, um, and 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 also. It can be, it doesn't have to be an anime anime, and I'm going to be very, very specific with what I'm saying. <laughs> because we accept all types of animation as anime, especially if we see the inspiration of it. I'm looking at you, Avatar. And it's funny because someone asked me, like, is, anim- is Avatar anime? And I'm like, I mean, what I can say is this. The inspirations of the medium are there, and they're so clear Then. That if I don't consider it an anime or connected to it, I'm doing a disservice to the to the genre and to the animation. So it's mm-hmm. like, like you know what I mean? Like you can't really separate one thing from the other because even in the storytelling, you cannot say that these people were not inspired by those workers' art. It's not like Inception, where Inception is 100% a Western film, and even though we all know it was inspired by an anime, <laughs> so. So yeah. not the same thing, but like like Assassin's Creed also will work like if some like if Powerhouse does it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because because the type of action that it calls for, it doesn't call for the type of action that we would see in My Hero or the type of action that we would see in Naruto. It calls for the type of action that we see in Castlevania. It will call for that type of um, 
very realistic yet magical kind of action that you would see. And I don't know, I think it would be awesome. You can even great. throw it to, to Studio Wit, right? And like how they animate Levi and Mikasa and Attack yes. on Titan. And do it that way. Yes. Like not necessarily the Aaron yes. style Titan yes. fights, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let me ask you this. Don't if you do the series, do you bring back Desmond? Or do you just keep it like a non-animus experience? We're just seeing different assassins throughout different eras. That is a very good question. Um, I think we would just go with different assassins <laughs> throughout throughout different eras. Um, just to keep it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think also I think that would just allow the writers and the animators to have as much fun and go crazy with it, right? If they know that they're only going to animate this one character for two episodes or three episodes, they can just go ham with it, right? And just throw whatever they want in there to make it the most balls to the wall fun series they can. So I have a question. So I think from Origins onward is when it's become non-animus characters, right? Like, Origins was one of the first ones that kind of broke that off. I think after um, Assassin's Creed 4, technically. So, Black Flag and Onward, we no longer have Desmond. And no but kind there of are other people. There are other people kind of taking his place. So, you do kind of, like, come out of the animus at certain points. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. What so... I think a cool way to go about it too, though, is we can start out as an anthology series and then we we focus up like in season two and we follow Desmond for the entirety of that season type of deal. I think that could also be a fun idea. You could do like a Templar one season and then like an assassin the next or something. Yeah. it's And the reason I ask what I'm asking is because it makes me think going back to this whole what if format or formula right yeah you can kind of use desmond as the watcher like like the idea that we're revisiting these experiences within the animus through this character like like the main angle is the story that we're exploring but the anchor of the show and because what I like about the idea of the animus and all this organization is that it brings this, it sets the stakes from the beginning, as opposed to just building the stakes in a non-animus world. We're just following a character we just met. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if, if you, when you introduce the animus, you have the stakes from the beginning because you know that this is part of an overarching exploration of things that have been going on for years and years and generations. You already have that background there and then you're just zeroing in. And like without the animus, you kind of don't have that zeroing in kind of quality yeah. that I think it brings to it. And it just makes it more deep and interesting, especially if you want to hit the ground running. Yeah, and it being an anime, we don't pull what the movie did. <laughs> we, we don't spend enough time. <laughs> and in the fun world, we, we come to the series for right. it, right? Right, yeah. right. It, it's it's like it's like it's. I'm, I'm gonna say this. It, you, it's like Sword Art Online. Like, yeah, it's Isekai. <laughs> it's exactly. Yep. It's an Isekai. <laughs> like now, now there's a, there's a way of doing it where you spend time in the real world and it's cool. But um, Assassin's Creed movie did not do that apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still haven't watched it. I'd rather try and play a game. 
Yeah, I'd recommend you play a game. Play <laughs> Valhalla, it's fun. I actually own it. I bought it with my PS5. I haven't touched it. Yeah, it's fun. You'd like it. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's Moa's turn? Yeah, you're going to close this out. Okay, guys. In the year 2013, I think, I don't remember when it came out. I was a young lad with a PS1, and I liked Final Fantasy. And I stumbled into a game that I fell in love with so much that I think I've cleared this game at least two to three times, and I'm already preparing to play it once more on my tablet because I bought the newest remastered version of it. And I think it's one of the most unique Final Fantasy experience ever created. And I think it's one of the most rich lore worlds that is just seeming with possibilities in the animated format. And no, I'm not talking Final Fantasy VII. I'm not talking the craziness of Final Fantasy VIII. I'm talking Final Fantasy Tactics. Final Fantasy Tactics is one of the best games that has ever been made. Um, not just made as in period, but made from the Final Fantasy um, universe. And the reason I love this game is because it literally takes all the elements of fantasy and lore and makes them readily available for the player for you to become, grow, and earn throughout the entirety of the campaign. Because it has a very, very deep job system at all these jobs feel unique and powerful um you can create you have you can have an endless supply of of warriors but apart from all the cool looking sprites the tactical ogre based combat um it has one of the most profound war stories in any game i have ever played even up to this point it literally follows two kids, Ronza Beolf and Delita Heikel. I remember. But it literally has this kid that comes from royalty and this kid that comes from the streets. And how they get mixed up in this battle for power between cities and, and, and kingdoms and how politics destroy towns, destroy worlds in this medieval setting. And it's and how a lot of times the true heroes are the ones that save the world from the real shadows, not the ones that people can see. So it has a lot of depth to it. Um, the writing is phenomenal. It's one of those shows that even like the, the, the old PS1 version, all the cutscenes are in the sprite animation because the sprite animation is very Super Nintendo-like. But the remastered version, War of the Lions which is the newest port for PSP, which I think is where this picture's from, um, actually has animated cutscenes in an anime style, which you can just expand upon for the anime. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just so much great story, so much great characters, so many betrayals, surprising deaths, and you can organically create new characters to explore the different jobs that you have. Like, I think this game has a total of 26 job types that you can have. And you can combine abilities from different job types. And there's ways of you organically bringing that into the story by creating characters that embody those ideas. 
And I don't know, it has so much potential, and I just love this game so much, and I would love to see it in an anime form. And the funny thing is, no other Final Fantasy Tactics game, because I think as of as of right now, there's a total, I think, of four different Final Fantasy Tactics. None of them have come close to the original in its storytelling. So, I gotta say this one. Nice. So I'm I'm a, a novice, a noob to the Final Fantasy universe. The only, like my first game was Final Fantasy VII remake, and I only nice. bought it because we were in a pandemic and I had nothing to do. So I'm like, let me try this game out and love it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. What makes Tactics um, your your go to? Because you said not some of these other ones. Is the storytelling really that much yeah. better than the? Um, well, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's the storytelling of it. I mean, it's not as raw and adult as, mm-hmm. but it's it it can get as integrated as Game of Thrones. Gotcha. Like it's it, it's like the storytelling is on point. Like it's great. Like it's really it, awesome it, to hear from a from a PS one era too, because you know when people think of that era, they think of like Crash Bandicoot, right? So the fact that you had something that dense and heavy. Yeah, cool. and, and there's and there's a lot of there's a lot of time that you spend in just cutscenes about people talking about their plans, and not yeah. even playable characters. Like there's a lot of cutscenes that occur with villains talking amongst themselves, and or or like setting stuff up in the background. Like you 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 actually spend a lot of time with characters also that you don't play as, just because they're finding ways to tell the story. And then it's it's like one of those shows where it's it's built like a show actually because you know how on some, in some games you most of the twist you find them out because the main character is finding it out. Mm-hmm. Tactics doesn't do that. You literally know a lot of the things in the background because you are behind the scenes with the villains and then it becomes an interesting interaction once you find out because the characters are finding out. So, and the battles are great. And the battle system is actually very, very great. Like it, it's literally tactics. So it's like you moving them in squares and stuff like that. Um, but the sprites are great. The animations are great. Like this is a game that does not need to be remade at all. You can enjoy it just like it is. And I'm only going to play it again on my tablet because I don't want to buy it again on PlayStation <laughs> because they, it's one of those things that is very annoying that they made a PSP port, but they never made a console port. So I can so you can only buy like the remastered version um, in a tablet or if you have a PlayStation Portable. So I just bought it on my tablet. But it, that's it, dumb because they don't even support their portables. So they might as well it, have gotten it correct. Console. Correct. But yeah, it's been great. I, I think War of the Lines is available on Switch. So I might just have to buy it there. Um, but yeah, the game is the game is it's it's great. It's just great. And, and, and again, as a lot of, like all the, it's one of those things where all the story is there. Do you just have to find a way to translate the battle system possibilities into the animation? So like the, 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 the skill set for the animators and the showrunner is not going to be finding a way to tell the story. It's finding a way to translate the world because everything else is there. Awesome. I mean, that's that's definitely. Um, I'm a bit of a Final Fantasy novice as well. I played the original Final Fantasy Seven, like nice. nice maybe four or five years ago, 
And Final Fantasy VII Remake is actually on my my next game to play list after I finish uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. So um, Tactics it sounds really interesting though, and I, I definitely have to look more into it. No, Tactics great, and it's cheap too. Like if you buy the PS1 port, you know how sometimes it's still available like on PS4 or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can get it for like ten bucks. Okay. I'm going to see if it's added to PS Plus 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 now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great. Final Fantasy Tactics is great. Um, if you're looking for another Final Fantasy that's good um, before you jump into anything else. Oh, and by the way, Final Fantasy Tactics, the world that they introduced in Final Fantasy Tactics is the world of Ivalis. And Ivalis is revisited on Final Fantasy XII, is revisited on other Tactics games, and... It is the world where the spinoff Vagrant Story takes place, which is another beloved cult Squaresoft classic. So they did a lot with this world. Mm. So just saying, there's a lot of stuff there. Awesome. Yeah. Was a good Guys, pick. thank you, thank you. Guys, we've talked video games to deserve anime. You guys listening out there, what are your top picks? We want to know. You put it in the comments below. We'll give you a shout out on the show. Let us know what are your top video games that deserve or should have an anime adaptation. We want to know. Let us know in the comments below. We will give you a shout out on next week's episode. And who knows? Maybe we'll give you a shout out on Twitter. But guys, this was a great conversation. Great topic. Love all your picks, guys. Um, I Now I want to pick up Ace Attorney. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. I, think it'll be, I think it'll be great and also i kind of want to play i kind of want to watch assassin's creed movie now because i want to hate it so i can really desire that <laughs> i mean guys if you want we can cover it over at the chatter after <laughs> yes we can yes we can oh now you're gonna make me watch it you bastard <laughs> uh-huh. wink wink <laughs> So, guys, if you love what we do here and you want to keep listening to awesome conversations and topics just like this, make sure you click on the like button, subscribe, and click on the bell for notifications so you do not miss any single coverage of the Amateur Otaku podcast. Um, We're going to take a very short six-second break and jump on to the next topic. We're talking MHA. We're so excited to go beyond Plus Ultra. We will see you guys next time if you haven't get if you have not gotten caught up with my hero there's a time to step out and if you've watched spy family come back after but now we'll see you soon have it awesome guys peace please see ya now it's your turn Fear not, citizens. Hope has arrived because the amateur otaku is here talking my hero academia. I'm your host for this segment, Present Mike. It's Christmas. It's even more topical than normal. Joining me, of course, is the crew, Brandon, Scarlet fan. How you doing, man? I'm so excited to talk more MHA. 
Let's do this. Go beyond. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I don't know if the doc is sleeping right now, but Isaac's here as well. <laughs> um, but Jamie, welcome back. It's been a wild ride. It sure has, Mike. It sure has. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. So, guys, I want to be clear. Jamie is the only anime only for this segment. Interesting. Oh, really? (laughs) Really. I want to know your thoughts. Because we we left on the cliffhanger a couple weeks ago. You you were distraught with with our guy, Eraserhead. Uh, what are your thoughts on this opening of episode 122, Katsuki Bakugo Rising? Well, you know, I'm like, he's got to have some thick pants. There's got to be some way he saves his quirk. And it was not the thick pants. It was just remove that section entirely. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad Eraserhead is uh, at least kept his quirk. Um, that, was, uh, that was a moment of... Somewhat relief, I guess. Now he's missing a leg, but he's still got his quirk. So I was, I was somewhat relieved. Yeah, it, it was a tough, a tough thing to watch. It was such a split second decision by him too, right? Like I, I'm really impressed that he was able to get that strong of a reaction. And seeing the flashbacks to to little Airy hits you right in the feels. Wow. Um, Brandon, you you missed last uh, two weeks ago now MHA. What are your thoughts on how we've gotten up to this point in the, in the war? I mean, one of the things that I like, um, which I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the anime, I don't think the manga did it quite the same. Um, was the manga skipping between stories throughout, or did we get one whole story first and then the other one? Yeah, the manga. I mean, we didn't get like a whole story, so like we, we actually in this uh, in these last two episodes, we adapted four chapters uh, for episode one twenty two. And those are actually adapted 100% just about. Uh, but before that, the previous few episodes, we were kind of sp- splicing the chapters together, cutting back and forth between right, uh, right, because two different fronts. I, right. Mm. Because I, I know that I, I kind of noticed it a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> um, because because now we're spending less time over there and more here because, of course, the, 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 the bulk of where the arc ends, everything everything ends in Jakku, right? In Jakku City. So, uh, much to Paris. Finn's dismay, yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, but I, 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 I am caught up, and I love the fact that Eraserhead doesn't only look like a ninja; he has the will of fire. <laughs> um, Kakashi. Yes, and he did what he needed to do, and I'm and I'm glad. And one of the things that I love, my favorite moments with Aizawa, are not necessarily the ones where he's just being a mean old teacher that that just sleeps all day because he's tired because he's been because I'm pretty confident that he's always tired because he's heroing at night ala batman he just just doesn't know how to sleep the one hour and move on <laughs> um which it was funny it's one of those comic book um things that I find very interesting supposedly there's a comic book that says that Batman knows a skill where he can rejuvenate eight. He, t- he can sleep for not at one hour, and he recuperates like if he slept eight, which makes no sense to me. But then again, he's Batman. But um, I love the fact that the the, the strongest moments of Aizawa as a person, as a character, is when he's defending his students. 
Like the fierce love that he has for his students, the fierce love that he has for teaching, like it makes him such an endearing character. Um, and, and it, and it kind of reminds me like when Bakugo grows up, he's kind of like going to be like Aizawa. <laughs> he's going to be like a grouch, but with a big heart. You know what I mean? So, so I love that from Aizawa and I love that we were able to catch him doing that because when he did it, he did it because of the kids because he can't just abandon them. So he's going to do whatever he can to, you know, be there. So what a great way to present how dedicated he is, what he really thinks about his idiot students <laughs> and <laughs> keyword, right? And, but also how strong of a hero he is, you know, and I think it was great. And, and of course, but more importantly, in this episode more than ever, um, the kids are taking the lead because of what happened to Aizawa. And I also like the, the, the kind of like the realization that Aizawa kind of goes into where he's like, not even Aizawa, who was it? I forgot what character it was where he talked, oh, Detlock, where Detlock goes like, <coughs> I, I, Rocklock. oh, Rock, you know what? <laughs> it's, I, at least I didn't call him Deadshot. Um, the out. Uh, I'll also give you this uh, small weird detail in the anime. They 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 can't get his name right. He's either called Rocklock or Locklock, and they never stick to one. It it, it changes from episode to episode. And it's you, so can, you can say that you, they are unable to lock into a name. I love how Isaac has been silent the entire time and came back with a very bad pun. Good job, mm. buddy. Nice to have you back. So braided <laughs> lock. So, so braided lock has the realization that's like, what am I saying? I've acknowledged these kids as heroes a long time ago. And yeah. that was kind of like, of course, it's not the same thing as if Endeavor says it. <laughs> but, but still, it's one of those moments where you're like, okay, bet. Well, well, it, well done. <laughs> it also makes sense because you, you got to remember, when was the last time we actually saw Rock Lock in, in significance? In the overhaul arc. Exactly, right? Yeah. And that's the last time Deku had to go 100% plus yeah. ultra. And we get that again. And it's it's insane. Isaac, Like, what are your thoughts on Deku finally stepping up and going against Tomura for what? We can finally dub him all for Shiggy now on the anime side of the podcast, right? <laughs> He's going against all plus, for Shiggy. I, I still see him as plus ultra Shiggy right now. <laughs> plus ultra Shiggy. Isaac, what are your thoughts there? I mean, he has a powerful temper tantrum that he needs to sort of like calm down or he's going to lose uh, lose it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. You know, it, this is a crazy, crazy first episode, and we just need to address this. The, the episode's called Katsuki Bakugo Rising, and I want everybody to, to remember how My Hero Academia, how Horikoshi, the mangaka, titles these books, um, because gotten a Izuki Midoriya rising, and now we've gotten a Katsuki Bakugo rising. Um, and each one is very heavy with the, with the character development, right? With all of the character beats. So we get Kachan in, in this episode, and we get a lot of flashbacks that we, we didn't know happened, but I guess they were happening during the previous season, uh, during mm -hmm. the Kurigiri stuff. And we see 
his remorse and we see he wants to protect his now friend Deku. And Jamie, I want your thoughts. Like they, they kind of hid this beat from us considering it happened a little while ago. What were your thoughts on like seeing Bakugo's backstory or seeing that development in his character with All Might? Um, I really liked it. I was not gonna lie, confused for a short moment when like Deku was wearing the afro. I'm like, did he just get blasted with some fire? That was amazing. I'm like, oh, it's a disguise. I see, I see. <laughs> um, but but I I really liked that we got to see more scenes where uh, Bakugo is trying to support Deku, especially since in, in previous seasons, you know, like he wasn't about that at all, and he's like, you know. There is my side and your side, um, and there's no in between. And so to see that he's like working with All Might to not only, I guess, like calm the troubles that he might have given himself through like his treatment of Deku in the past, but to also see that I think it's making him. <laughs> yep, there it is. I love how this is a tweet for me, guys, from September 2020. Deku has an afro now. I repeat, Izuku has an afro now. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. We call him Motown Izuku. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> two, two years ago. Finally got that in the anime. Love it. Wow. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. But, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I just, I, I like uh, Bakugo's character development and, and seeing him uh, become not necessarily kinder, but he's showing more and more that he cares and that he is striving to be like the best hero that he can be, regardless of the possible consequences that he faces, which we see at the end of this episode. Yeah, not not just that. I like the moment, the character beats of him saying, Deku will protect everyone, even at the cost of his of his own well-being, right? And mm -hmm. I love, we get to the next episode, and he's like, don't try and do this alone. Um, but that's just jumping up a, a little too far ahead. Brandon, yeah. I'm tossing it back to you. What are your thoughts on Katsuki Bakugo Rising? It's, what I, I think what I love the most about this chapter, apart from the fact that we we get we have a quiet moment with Bukatsuki Bakugo. And I think that's, those are my favorite moments with him because he's a different person with everybody else. He's somewhat of a different person with, with um, Izuku. And, but everybody that interacted with him in one way, shape or form can always say, yeah, you see Katsuki like this, but he's really like this. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. Kirishima does it a lot. Um, um, what's the name of uh, Electrobolt or Chargebolt? Denki uh, Kaminari. Kaminari says it a lot. Like all of them, all of, almost everyone in Class 1A recognizes the heart behind the jerk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I love that it takes the symbol of hope to have a conversation with him. For us to get quiet time with Katsuki where he feels that he can finally like lower the guard and just talk about it. And, 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 and I think those are my favorite moments with him, but yeah. more importantly, it's because getting those moments with him deepen our understanding of how he views his relationship with Izuku. And it's funny because 
when he was a kid, he would bully him to feel separate because he couldn't understand him or because he was different. But now, because he's a direct rival, the one for all not only forces him to be back in the circle with Izuku, but makes Katsuki re reevaluate what his relationship with Izuku is. Because now we know that All Might is important to him as well and, and all, what all that means. But yeah. more importantly, the big moment, of course, at the end of the episode is 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 us as a viewer finding out that no matter how different they are, Izuku and Kachan have the same hero heart. And and the way we see that is because I don't know why, but at that moment, my body just moved. Which is a beautiful imagery because it's the same thing that happened with Izuku in episode one. Yeah. And, you know, I love the framing of this episode. For those who don't know, this uh, I can't remember the, the, the animator's name, but there was, a, there was a new person who did the production on this episode. And this is their first time, like, leading the direction uh, of a My Hero episode. And they did a fantastic job. Um, bring, bringing those panels to life, right? Go, doing those flashbacks, reminding us of all of those times from season one, from season two, between uh, Deku and Kachan. All of the fights from Deku versus Kachan part one and part two. Um, and I'm just reminded, you, you're right, I'm reminded of, of season one, right? In the first episode, Deku runs at that sludge monster and he just says, I couldn't stand there and watch you die. And All Might just narrates his a uh, true hero they move without thinking and to have that essentially Bakugo say he just did it but essentially he's he, his actions are saying i can't just stand here and watch you die and mm -hmm. he jumps in the way there's something deeper to that statement too because uh, it, it, it's exactly what you say but if we go back to how all might say it he says it very particular he says he literally says that every great hero has a story, has a moment where they can say that their body just moved. Like he makes it a point to say that all of us as heroes, especially the biggest heroes, have a moment of that, of that, of something inside of them sparking up to life and just running towards saving someone. And, 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 and just, and just like one, for example, which is why when I still watch the first two episodes, I've said it this million times in the pot, I'm not going to never get tired of say it, which is one of the reasons why every time I watch the first two episodes of my hero, I still cry like a little bitch because it's beautiful and it's emotional and it's amazing. And like watching this moment occur again, but Katsuki getting that moment, it's like a, it's like a type of graduation in like he in, in my hero's hero lore does that make sense yeah like i and like for example another moment was i like and it's funny because in the episode right after this you kind of get some some uh, some type of reassurance is not the word but you kind of get a type of notice because when lita talks about them it, it goes back to the whole stain moment where he had his hero moment of waking up and understanding what being a real hero is, which was not getting 
getting revenge for his brother. It was about doing the right thing. Yeah. And I like and I like how that's a theme among these characters, among these young upcoming heroes. It's just fascinating. So, Jamie, we're lucky that we do these every other week, right? We're doing double drops cuz I'm I don't know what your mindset would have been if we just reviewed this episode by itself, starting with what we did with Eraserhead and then mm. ending with what happens with Bakugo, but like what Take us through your thought process of what was going on with, with Bakugo's character as we get to the end of this episode. See, that was another moment where I was like, guys, come on, like, stop. Stop doing this to me. <laughs> like, now I, I immediately was like, okay, I need to make sure I watch uh, next week because this is some craziness. And then I, re- I, uh, I remember because <laughs> I, I watched the episode yesterday and I was like, oh, yeah, what happened last week? And then it goes to the recap. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that happened <laughs> last week. Um, so that was another, like, there was just so much to unpack. Not only Bakugo getting, like, wounded. We don't know if it was morally wounded or not quite yet. But also the fact that, like, Deku's put into this situation where, you know, he he's potentially in peril. And, like, you, you're thinking... Because um, Endeavor goes in and, like, just burns the crap out of <laughs> out of Shigaraki. And you're like, okay, like, you know, it's, we'll at least get a, a brief moment of pause. And he just immediately attacks Deku right after that. And I'm like, oh. So it was just very uh, emotional ending there with just a, a roller coaster of emotions at that. Um Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I would have felt if we had just talked about that episode <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah, that would have been yeah. bad. I'm glad you mentioned Endeavor, though, right? Because think, going back to the end of season four, uh, he's fighting the Hayanomu. And how does he beat him? With a plus ultra prominence burn. And it's one of the most hyped fights in the entire series up to that point. Mm-hmm. And he does it again here. And it's animated the same way. It's gorgeous. And it does really nothing. Because he just gets right back up. And it's insane. Yep. And that's... That's showing power scaling, like showing how much further Shigaraki is than anything we've seen before. I love the power scaling. And I also, I love that you mentioned that because now I can go on the other side. Because what, what, not, what, what makes the great job that's directed it also, and also this particular take uh, on the story, is that it not only just does the power sh- scaling and all that also, it also refocuses the story, right? Because by this point in the fight, we know that Endeavor cannot be the one to put the final punch in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this this fight is built because it's between Deku and Shiggy. It's it's, it's the first first delivery on the promise of the end of season three. Where All Might put his hand out and said is your turn that's in the intro of this show (laughs) (laughs) yes it is so so i love i love the structuring and and the layer work on all those things because like you said if 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 it would have changed the tone of the conversation completely if he was defeated by endeavor the same way he defeated inomu and that's kind of and that not happening it also highlights the fact (laughs) <laughs> this ain't that Nomu. That's one. <laughs> yep. And two, 
the only person that's supposed to take him down is Deku. That's the person. Deku and his amazing friends. Can you imagine <laughs> having that spinoff? Deku and his amazing friends. Is that not just this show? <laughs> or should we say Deku and his amazing visages? Oh, yeah. That's going to take us into to the next topic. I want to stick here right quick, though, because I love yes. the use of flashbacks. And we get, we get the clip, right? Deku being useless. And, and then we have, we have the, the scene of Deku means you can do it, which is something Uraraka says in like episode mm-hmm. four. And to see that come back over 100 episodes later, I just love. And that takes us into episode 123, 123, the ones within us. And What's oh boy. <laughs> No. <laughs> we, we will ad lib tank the entire show if we don't stop. Um, it needs to happen. Backtracking, we did the thing like we did when, when Twice was killed, where we put Bakugo in the credits. Uh, we changed the credits again. Brandon, you probably missed it because you don't watch the credits every episode. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> but they changed it again. And it's like every time a character dies, they've been changing the credits. And so it's like, why would you do that to Bakugo? No, nobody wants to see that. That's not fair. That's rude. I know. It made me think <laughs> of the rumors from like a long, long time ago where people were saying, oh, Bakugo's dying. And I'm like, this must be what they're talking about. Please don't let it be true. <laughs> oh. To quote Isaac, laughs in manga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so the ones within us, this is a doozy. Um, and... Brandon, I just want you to take it away. I know you probably, this is probably the freshest in your mind, because I think you just watched this episode not too long ago. Yes, I did. What are your thoughts on this insane vestige world battle? Um, I love it. I love it. And I love because it, 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 it shows us the real enemy, but also it shows us the history behind the battle that Deku is now intertwined with. Um, Because, okay, let me me put it this way. So for the longest time, we see a hero society, right? That is victorious, thanks to the symbol of hope, um, which is All Might, right? But then the symbol of hope is taken down because he gives up his ability to be a hero by defeating the ultimate symbol of fear. And the idea that the whole point of the show is that this kid has become the inheritor of the responsibility of being the new symbol of hope, right? So I love how this particular episode, this particular confrontation puts the two sides, the two defining sides of this show, of this war against each other face-to-face for the first time. And I love that it goes all the way back to the first user of One for All and All for One. So I I love all the layers. I love how much lore drop we got. Yeah. Um, And I kind of low-key figure something out that I didn't know. And I might be confused because I'm simply an idiot. Um... Or I just didn't pay attention to this much till I watched it again. But I was always under the impression that all, One for All's little brother 
was quirkless and was given the ability to pass quirks unto others. But that's not the case. He had he always had a quirk to 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 pass power unto others. The quirk that was given to him was the stockpile quirk. Yes. So that kind of blew my mind because because <laughs> it literally it literally presents all for one literally as the ultimate evil that wants everything for himself and one for all as the ultimate being of light that just wants to share with the world so i just i don't know i love that that's great welcome broken studio thanks for joining us we're talking hello to <laughs> welcome, um, welcome. yeah I'm, I'm glad you i'm surprised that that you didn't pick up on that uh because all my mentions that in like season two i believe it may have just slipped your mind about, it's been a minute yeah the the first user's quirk was useless and all for one thought he was quirkless that's the thing when you have the power to pass on quirks but you have no base it seems like you're quirkless uh and all for one being the a-hole that he is decides to give his brother a useless quirk and say here you have the power to stockpile powers which you can also think that all for one was probably just going to use him as like a refrigerator, for example. Like he would. That's just literally what he was using him for. That's what he was. Yeah. <laughs> dump quirks inside and then yep. pull them out when necessary. Um, but it also like he he created he he created his own problem right by creating this power of one for all. It's the one thing that can stop him now because the power the, these heroes the heart that these heroes have has just been passed on from generation to generation, yeah. and we get it to Nana Shimura, who up until this point has probably been the only one to give all for one any sort of trouble, uh, like probably came the closest until All Might came along and actually took him down. So I thought it was really fascinating that we start um, with Nana Shimura, not the seventh user and the, the first user in this vestige space. But before we get there, we got to rewind a bit because that, that, that takes place a few minutes later. Deck is fighting uh, Tomura mm -hmm. and he gets grabbed because Aizawa is now down. And we don't know how severe it is. A lot happens in these episodes. Like Shoto shows up and now Ida's on his way and it's like, oh my God, what is happening? Jamie, I'm going to toss it over to you, and then we're going to toss it over to you, Isaac, because I know you haven't said anything in a minute. Jamie, what were your thoughts when he started taking the quirk? <laughs> uh, I was... It, I, it was kind of like a wave of confusion at first. I'm like, wait, can he... Can he can he fight this? Like, is it over? What's happened? Like, what is going to happen here? And then we see kind of like the <laughs> the mental battleground, or I don't know where they were. Like that that yeah. that area that they were in. And uh, I was thinking, like, okay, Deku's about to throw hands. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah. then Deku gets Deku about the to throw hands. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, funny. Oh, I, I love how you kind of pictured it. Like Shigaraki grabs Deku, and scene. And <laughs> yeah, like what? Um, I didn't know where it was gonna go after that. So I was, I don't know. I guess I kind of thought when he first got grabbed that maybe just like through the force of sheer will, nothing bad will happen to him because anime. But then we see, you know, like the whole internal battle where we get to see a lot of the predecessors of of one for all and, and all for one uh, which is really cool and, and getting a little bit more on the background of uh like the the first um 
quirk holder for for one for all. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, it was just like I was. I really wasn't expecting there to be like that moment of almost levity. I want to say, and this whole, uh, I guess scene that was going down between um, Deku and Shigaraki. But I, I think it was much welcome because it was like everything was pretty intense up until that moment. With like you know, freaking Bakugo getting uh stabbed, and then like freaking <laughs> Eraserhead blowing off his leg, and you know Endeavor is like burnt down. So I was glad we had that moment just to breathe and and get to uh, get a little bit more of the backstory behind um like some of these different characters. I love I love All for One as a villain because he's like, look, Tomura, a dead person. <laughs> And it's just like dude, I know that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. It's too too funny. Like the Lord of Evil is just so dang entertaining. Like Isaac, I, I want to toss it over to you. We we get sucked into this vestige space, and for the first time, we see all for one in Shigaraki. Like they, they too have their own vestige realm, and it's connected to Deku's. Like what were your what was your thought process? I know you've read this like two years ago now, but like what was your thought process getting to this point? Has it been two years since the, uh, this arc in the manga? Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> time flies. But honestly, the way I look at it is more like their Westies which are interconnecting with each other because uh, he's trying to steal it or more than it's the same Kirk. Uh, at least that's uh, the way I'm connecting it. Uh, looking at it and honestly it's it kind of fitting uh, that you have uh, uh, Shiggy's grandma and uh, all for one being the two that uh, all for one's brother and uh, Shiggy's grandmother being the one that stands behind Deku and well all for one being there all things considered for Shiggy's side yeah, gotta love Mama Shimura. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming in to, to, to and, help our boy. And, and uh, Horikoshi has a type of, uh, he prefers wood women, hasn't he? I see, uh, it's not the first time he has uh, uh, drawn women this big. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, so. I love everything that happens. I mean, here. we all love some watermelon crushing at, at times. So, Jeez. who can Hashtag blame? Hashtag thighs save lives. This is very <laughs> yep, true. I sure do. I sure do. Mirko has already proven such a fact. Your proves it later on in this episode, but I digress. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of exposition in this episode, and mm-hmm. on one hand, that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> on the other, I, after all of the action. And the previous episodes, it's like like you said, Jamie. It's much needed. It's a much needed break. Yeah. Uh, even though the stakes are still high because Deku's in the midst of getting his quirk stolen the entire time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. We, we at least get a breather. Um, just to just so everybody's aware, the previous episode, Katsuki Bakugo Rising, adapted four manga chapters, chapters mm. two eighty two through 285 this episode adapted three chapters so it was slightly shorter uh as far as it 
adaptations go, but it also had more dialogue and less fights. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. Brandon, yeah. I want your thoughts on the movie My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Because uh, a similar situation happens that I think a lot of people missed from that movie. Jamie, I don't know if you saw it, but um, in that movie, Nine, the villain, tries to steal Deku's quirk, and he says something's not letting me take it. He has more than one quirk. And with hindsight, we now realize that it was these two probably preventing that from happening. Mm. Which I think is, it's an awesome little nod there. Brandon, what are your thoughts on, on that aspect, like that callback <laughs> coming from Heroes Rising? First of all, you just blew my mind because I haven't thought about it. I, 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 I remember I, I remember thinking about that the first time, like, what? Too big? Too many? What? <laughs> like, I remember, and I think I already knew that he had more than one quirk at that point. But I, I remember when it happened and he was rising. I think I wasn't the, the only one. Like, you mentioned that was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, was, it was awesome. It was great. Um, and, and also, I like the idea of not only because he, I, I love the fact that that happened and the fact that it does happen again because we do find out at the end of the visit to the Upside Down <laughs> that, that because um, plus Ultra Shiggy is incomplete, he doesn't have enough strength to take it. Yeah. His body's not able to take it. And it also goes back to the comments that Izuku makes. I think he makes them two episodes ago where he talks about how plus Ultra Shiki's body is similar to him in the beginning. That he yeah. has a, too much power that his body cannot handle. So so that's how so I love I, I love the direct comparisons that they have between these two characters. Because these two characters, of course, are the extension to the one for all and all for one mythos, kind of. It's also very Legend of Zelda for some reason, <laughs> right? Hey, like, hey, hey! You've never played a game. What are you talking hey, about? But like, remember, how did you know? I, I I told you I know the lore. Um, <laughs> literally the same villain. And Isaac kicked him out because he's never played the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay so uh the idea that you have the same villain or the same type of representation of the light and dark side coming back through millennia to generation it's it's it, it, I, I i like the depth of the story because i think the best stories are not only those that concentrate on developing the main character but also positioning the main character in a way that he does have a significance in the world beyond just living his own story. Does that make sense? And it, it's not till this point, in my opinion, that Deku is now seen as a chosen generational hero, not just the kid that got his power from All Might. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. like we yeah. never got that sense before we got a little bit as we started noticing about the vestiges and stuff like that but it's solidified here because you hear you hear one for all say this is why we chose him 
this is why we're going to stand behind him. And it's like Izuku needed that. And now we can view Izuku as the hero that's needed, not just as the chosen one that all might chose because he decided to try and beat the goo monster. <laughs> Which again, I'm not I'm not taking away from that moment. I will never. Again, I still cry there. It's it's just the whole, you know. It's what All Might saw in Deku that day. They're just echoing that same sentiment. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to what Sir Night Eye saw in uh Lemillion, right? He's like, he should have been the one to get that power because he's strong, he's this and he's that. And it's like, yeah, but Deku's Steve Rogers, right? He may not be the biggest. He may not be the strongest, but he's the guy we need to have that power so he can lead us to victory. Did you just call the million Bucky Barnes? <laughs> I mean, more like that douche at, in the beginning of the first Avenger that's hitting on Peggy. But, you know. Damn. Lemillion. Oh, is, the, the is douche that. that ends up getting saved by Steve while he's strapped in a Hydra prison? That yeah. douche? Okay. So... For, for everybody to know, Lemillion is one of my favorite characters in this series. This is not a diss on him as a character. That's just the role he serves. He's the jobber for Deku, right? He comes in. He's awesome. He loses his power to prop up Deku. That's what happens to Lemillion. But my point is, the vestiges are just echoing why All Might chose Izuku over some of these other characters that we meet because he does have that will of fire, right? That same will of fire that makes Shoto sprint after uh, Bakugo and Deku. That same will of fire that Ida is using as he makes his way down here, even though he can't fly and he knows the second he gets there, there is a high possibility he gets dusted because he can't fly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that that is why they chose Midoriya and I think that's so great. But also, I love All for One as an antagonist saying, this kid is useless. And again, harkens back to what Deku actually means. Deku means useless, which is why Bakugo always called him Deku. And we still get that moment of, yeah, but Deku also means you can do it. And then he just slowly stands up, right, in the vestige world where he can't move. He can't talk. He can't talk. Mm -hmm. And he, go, he, he, he does the thing. And it's so great. Um, this battle is going to start turning as we get further down the line. I don't know if anybody saw the preview for next week's episode, but uh, don't watch it. <laughs> I don't think I did, so I think I'm good. You Good. I'm glad you didn't. Do not watch the preview for, for next week's episode. They just spoiled the whole dang thing. Oh, <laughs> so, dang. Not, not ideal. Um, mm. Isaac, are you awake, sir? I'm never awake, so what's up? <laughs> He's never awake, okay. So I want to know your thoughts, views, and opinions, since I know you've been kind of kind of busy, on everything that has transpired so far. Um, we, we, have, we have one of your favorite characters, Aizawa, who, who gets his face just dug into, which is, that was terrifying. Uh, we also had one of Horikoshi's best horror manga panels adapted in these episodes where we have like Shigaraki's face cracked open and you see all for one smile on the inside. Hmm. I want your thoughts on this as an anime adaptation, Isaac, because there's been a lot of discourse about how Bones has adapted these last couple episodes. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's sort of like, do I, how should I put it? 
Do I think it is as bad as some uh, argue that it is in animation? Fuck no. I, I've seen uh, Seven Deadly Sin. I've seen the original <laughs> mm. uh, release of uh, Dragon Ball Super Battle of the Gods, the first uh, fight against uh, Beerus, uh, fight with Goku versus Beerus. And, well, the fight scene between... Uh, Pain and Naruto isn't that well animated at certain points either. Heck, heck, heck. Seem... That's a stylistic choice, not a bad animation choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep telling it actually you. is. I, I, have to, I have to agree with Mike. It's yeah. out there, but it's a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. But I digress. <laughs> but if you look at it from the perspective of uh, going back to, I have watched uh, Mob Psych 100, or, or let's say, uh, The Bleach, the last two episodes, uh, that we had some insane moments in an entire, ep- uh, next to an entire episodes. I can see where people are coming up when these scenes in particular, that is a big fight scenes with him, uh, against Shigaraki, especially the personal with. Uh, Deku and uh, Shiggy uh, lacks a bit of oomph, so to speak, oomph. and that's uh, and uh, from that regard, I can understand why people are disappointed. Especially if you look at how people, how Bones are handling Mahiraki, so how they are handling Mob Psycho, mm-hmm. where uh, some of the recent episode has been insane in terms of animation. So, yeah, you know, I guess I'm of the mindset of, I don't, I don't care. Um, I, I, I want to toss it over to you, Brandon, in a second. But I just want to show the folks who are watching the YouTube feed, podcast feed, just bear with the descriptions. Um, like, one of the biggest things that have been trending, if you search My Hero Academia for the last couple of weeks, is this shot of Tomura Shigaraki. And... It's a heavily censored shot in the manga. His jaw is actually like almost torn off. And so that that's a thing. This is what it looks like. This is a colored version. This is what it looks like. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's a drastic, drastic change. Um, yeah. But it's also one, it's not even a full second. It's like one frame from the anime. So I really yeah. don't care. Because in the grand that's- scheme of the episode, I didn't even notice. That's the thing for me, and um, totally not Mark, who's also on YouTube and uh, reviews manga and, and um, anime and stuff. Went, you know, I mean, the dude that uh, Toei tried to take down. Yeah, which thankfully they weren't able to do it. <laughs> um, he was talking about um, some of the older Dragon Ball Super animations that he criticized and then later um, apologize to those people because you know they're working under pressure and, and all those kinds of things and one, one thing that he brought up that was a really good point is the fact that a lot of people including himself at a certain time were criticized these um, not even key frames like the between frames like super heavily when the between frames aren't even really supposed to look like that good they're just supposed to convey the motion between the key frames yeah. Um, so you know they might not be as polished as the keys. That's why you have keyframe artists and then in betweeners. Um, so if it was a keyframe and they drew it kind of wonky, then I would say the criticism is valid or like you know something went wrong there. But if it's an in between or it lasted only like a second or like only one frame, I'm like, hey, give it a break, man. 
nobody is watching these things. Well, most people don't watch things frame by frame. Right. Brandon, you're the other manga reader in this conversation. Did you even notice? Did you know that this was a thing on the internet? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, for me to tell you that I didn't care is not necessarily true. I do kind of care. Um, look, I agree with Jamie, and it makes all the sense in the world. Um, the whole keyframe and stuff like that, that makes all the sense in the world. Because we see it in comics, we see it in manga all the time, right? But the thing about the keyframes is that they're not just, they're keyframes because they're meant to retain the weight of the emotion and the stake of what's happening. Mm-hmm. In between shots don't have that. The keyframes have that, right? And, and it goes back to that one keyframe where, where uh, Deku pulls Shigi with with black what is it black whip black whip and then does a kick smash and it looks like a very powerful decent explosion in the manga but it kind of looks bland on the anime because that's one of the biggest moments because first of all it's the first encounter that's a big hit and two it's him delivering one of his first matches to the big villain mm-hmm. that should have do I agree with the idea that maybe it would have been nice to see it with more care? Yes. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is the story and their delivery. So, so, so to me, it's like one of those things that I forgive and they have reason because, because the key moments and the key story beats, they're all there. They're not ignoring them. There's one particular beat that Mike knows. I was very angry and I texted him about it. <laughs> And, and he reminded me, no, Brandon, it should happen soon. And I'm like, okay. He was livid, guys, about a specific moment. And we'll talk about it when it, when it comes. But it's like, yeah, that's like two episodes from now. We'll get there. So but if it doesn't happen, <laughs> oh. it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, not, I think I care maybe a little bit more than you do. But I don't care enough to start destroying worlds on Twitter. I guess my thing is I'm looking. I can I understand all sides of the argument. Like I get where you're coming from. I get where I's coming from, and I understand where Jamie's coming from about the keyframes and like this is an anime adaptation. First off, one, Bones is not as good as Mappa. We just have to accept that. Two, we can clearly tell that all of their attention is into the last season of Mob. <laughs> Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we can clearly tell that. So, but, Mop Three is supposed to be officially the last season. Yeah, um, yeah, I think. I so. mean, is the book is the book over? That would be a question for the doctor, not me. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look into it. Keep going. I've heard it's the last season of Mob, though. They've been calling it the the final season. Whether that's in five parts, like Attack on Titan, we'll find oh, out. Oh Lord, I hope not. <laughs> but like, I would love know, more Mob, but don't tease me with the final season stuff. Yeah, so it's like, I, I, I'm not making excuses, but these are just all things that I'm keeping in mind. But also, these these frames that everybody's kind of caught up on are manga panels. And in manga, they are not animating the entire fight. That smash that Deku lands that looks kind of wonky is his third or fourth hit on Shigaraki. That's not his first hit on Shigaraki. The first hit is one for one from the manga. 
it's when he does the St. Louis smash and he kicks him. When he starts doing like the Delaware punches, that's like his third or fourth hit. And I, I feel like one that that does look cooler in the manga. Horikoshi is one of the best mangaka, one of the best artists out there. It's always going to look better in the manga. But I feel like those hits are weaker to also show that Deku's giving it everything he's got and Shigaraki's taking it. I feel like that's kind of the point, right? Is that Deku, we even have the moments of if he breaks his arms two or three more times, he's never going to be able to use them again. They yeah. Do that, they do that what, flashback. After after they go back to the, like the real world and he like uh, Shigaraki fails to take his quirk, I notice both his arms are messed up. And I'm like, oh my god, can he use his arms anymore? Right. <laughs> so that was another thing I was panicking about. Yeah, so I feel like they're doing all that to convey. And they probably even... They, they didn't make those shots as dynamic as they probably could have to also mm-hmm. be like, yeah, Deku's giving... 100% and it's doing nothing. It's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I um, feel like that's kind of the point. It looks cooler in the manga. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I feel like that's kind of like the narrative point of Deku's blasts aren't powerful. They're not All Might smashes because they're not doing anything to this villain. So, side note, yeah, Mob Psycho started in 2012 and the manga ended in 2017. So, mm-hmm. it is officially over. And it has been for years. So, yeah. yes, this is probably going to be the final season because the story is over. And they took a huge break between the second season and the third. So, like almost three years, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a long time. And season two was so good. It was. Oh my gosh. I guess we got to talk, Mob. Keep going, <laughs> Mike. Keep going. Please. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. So, we, we got to make maybe we could just make Mob a topic of the show one of these days, just so we can kind of do an update check-in on the final season of Mob. But, um, yeah, so this shot here, for the folks listening, is Deku landing the first hit on Shigaraki. I thought they did pretty well. It's the subsequent punches that weren't ideal, but, you know, I take it and Mm -hmm. leave it. We've got to talk about Ochiko and Himiko Toga, though, because that's something we haven't touched on, and it's the first time we cut away from either of these war fronts to a new event, a new occurrence, right? Because we had the the hospital raid and mm-hmm. then we had the the forest raid. But this is like that weird in-between grand where Gigantomachia is still rampaging no matter what Midnight, Kirishima, Ashido, and Yayurozu wanted. He's still rampaging. Uraraka runs into Himiko Toga and Toga wants to know what Uraraka would do to her in a very suggestive manner. I think yeah. I know you had a chuckle <laughs> with that. <laughs> but I, I thought this was a, a fascinating turn of events. Um, just seeing we, we, we're, we're head on confronting the idea of a hero and what it means to be a hero in this world, right? If the heroes kill, are they heroes? Or is protecting your friends what makes you heroic, which is exactly what Twice did. And, like, mm-hmm. Jamie, what's your thoughts on, like, this philosophical question? Even though Toga poses it kind of weird to, to Uraraka, it's like, yeah, what what makes a hero? What constitutes a hero? I thought that was interesting, and I want your, your thoughts on it. I really like the question that's being posed. I just hope that Toga is able to communicate her thoughts a bit more clearly in the next episode. Cause it just kinda, I, I'm kinda on, um, 
Oh, what was Gravity Girl's name? I'm so terrible with names. Uraraka. Uraraka. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm kind of on Uraraka's side where I'm like, bro, where are you coming from with this? Like, you you can't you stole some old lady's blood, and now you're asking me what I'm gonna do to you? Like, I guess I'm just gonna arrest you now. Like, you're you're just in my way at this point. Um, and so I wish, or at least I hope, in the next episode, she. At least explains a little bit of what happened as she's like, okay, so our heroes, you, you guys are just okay with killing? Because if you are, then, like, what makes you so much better than us? Because, like, you know, we're trying to accomplish our agendas, and you're kind of trying to accomplish your agenda. Only re- difference is, or at least up until that moment, was that you guys didn't kill to get what you wanted. So I, I do like the the questions that's being posed. I just hope that Toga can find... Um, breakthrough with with what she's trying to say a bit better that is totally totally valid it's one of those cliffhanger moments right where it's like okay we've got to wait for the next episode to see where this is going to go but i thought it was such like such a great turn of events right it's such a a slow moment like the Mm -hmm. build up when when uraka follows the the lady and i know that Toga is a shapeshifter, but my brain still turns off like, yeah, we got to go help the old lady. <laughs> and then it's See, like, I was with Toga. it. I thought it was a normal old lady until she started running really quickly. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, people people have quirks outside of the academy, but then she tries to lure her into like this dark corner. I'm like, ah, no, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. Nobody's screaming for help. I think this is a trap. It's a trap, just like Admiral Akbar would say. Yep. So, yeah, I think this is this might be like out of everything that's happened in the two episodes. One, I probably am just starved for Uraraka content, so I'm just taking what I can get. But two, I just think this is a really interesting uh, turn of events because okay. what, yeah, what does it mean to be a hero? And going back to Uraraka's character, we all know that she joined UA for money, right? She she doesn't have the I want to save people motivation like Deku or anything like that. She joined UA because she wants to make money to help her family, which in its own way could be kind of heroic, but she's still one of the more selfish characters, at least at the start. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see her response here. Isaac, what are your thoughts on Uraraka versus Toga? I mean, uh, this should have en- ended that episode uh, in a much better per- uh, position because if someone watches it, uh, Goes in and there uh, without context, that would be uh, embarrassing. But I digress. Mm. Eh, Maybe that's sorry. why they did it. It's like, oh my exactly. gosh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but can you I mean, you know, that's not the final shot of the episode, right? Yeah, I know. I know. It's the I'm final shot he cared about. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even that. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> kick up bar what don't worry about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah well, um, I lost my train of thought here okay was, well I, we'll circle back if you want us to Brandon thoughts on Himiko versus Uraraka uh, first of all Isaac I, I apologize that was my fault um, so, uh, I, I, I agree with Jamie with everything. 
um, what what I what I kind of find interesting of the way the argument is presented is because it's being presented through Uraraka, and because it's being presented through Uraraka, uh, now wait, not through Uraraka, it's being presented through Toga, and because it's being presented through Toga, it's I think that the lack of death or explanation is part of the point because because Himika Toga is kind of like the Joker kind of she's that kind of twisted reality sane person that's still insane like she's sane within her own world that's messed up where everything that she knows and feels that it's good and warm are actually deadly and horrible stuff you know what I mean Especially mm -hmm. the fact that she just killed this woman so she can make a point. You know what I mean? So she can use her because she needed to make a point and ask a question. So I, I like the fact that the, the, even people as demented and, and, and terrible as Himito Toga, or at least how most people will see her, can still ask herself these questions that are valid in the world that they live in. So yeah. I like the fact that it's done from that angle. So like, even if we don't get a more deepened response, I still feel it's a deep conversation to have because not only do you have two people from each side of the argument, but you have two very particular people from each side of the argument. Mm -hmm. You have someone that's very, is like the most normal person that would ever exist. Because someone that looked at hero society or hero being a hero as a job. And then you have this other person that finds hero society to be crazy, but they're also crazy. And she's trying to make, she's still trying to make sense of it in her own way. Because you know, because you and I both know, even if Ochako gives Toga the most deep response, she's still gonna see it from her worldview. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be in the same worldview as Ochako-san. So, yeah, Uravity is in a tight position here. Um, wow, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see what she does, what her response is. It'll also be fascinating to see what uh, Ida does. I, I love how this episode, in particular, kind of focused up to the original trio. Right when Deku first joins mm -hmm. UA. Our main characters are Izuku Midoriya, Ochaka Uaraka, and Tenya Ida. So I love how each of them gets a chance to shine in this episode, and hopefully that bleeds into the next one, um, and we get to see what those three do, because we've been focusing on the new trio of Bakugo, Shoto, and Deku for a while. It's kind of nice to get, get the OGs back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. True. Isaac, did your thought come back? No. Unfortunately not, but look, uh, look, look back I at the listened. picture of the position. It might come back. Yeah, man, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Language. Uh, sorry. Did but you... no, I, I think AU guys pretty much sums it all up. Awesome. Is there anything else you guys want to say about these two packed episodes of MHA? Well, you know, on the gaming front, I'm surprised nobody mentioned that Deku is now in Fortnite. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> I can't no, wait to squat up. I can't wait to squat up with uh, Naruto and Son Goku and snipe John Wick. 
Yeah. This game is so weird. <laughs> Deku's joined the fray. <laughs> that's that's fun. I wonder if there's gonna get any more characters. I saw the All Might uh, axe, which I think is yeah. great. <laughs> that would be fun. That'd be cool. I would like that. At this point, like when anime characters got into Fortnite, at first I was upset. But now I feel like if you're really big, you're in Fortnite. So <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for everybody to get in there. We will wait for Luffy one day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> He'll break hey. the game, though. I don't hey. know. <laughs> hey, the only way that Luffy's included into Fortnite is whenever Fortnite becomes peak gaming. Get it? Peak fiction. I'm sorry, that was bad. Uh, boo this man. Boo. And you know what? I'm going to do it myself this time. And Brandon has deleted <laughs> himself from the stream. Guys, if you enjoyed this conversation <sighs> on Boku no Hero Academia episodes 122 is just a mess. and 123, make sure you give <laughs> us a like and subscribe so you don't miss a diggity dang thing. Guys, it's been a blast talking to MHA. We're not done, though, because we are talking Spy Family here on the live stream. If you're watching the recorded version of this on the YouTube channel, yeah, just wait for the Spy Family video to drop. Or uh, here's a fun thing. Watch the live streams. Join us every single Sunday. You can Woo. find us in your podcast feed, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and here on YouTube Live every Sunday, youtube.com slash Otaku. Isaac, you ready to take the lead and take us into Spy Family? I thought Brandon was going to do that, but... How that. about we go to a brief sexy second break <laughs> and we jump right into a battle of wits, a battle of jealousy, and wait, Spy Family goes Mario Tennis? We'll see you in 60 seconds with Spy X Family. Go beyond! Plus Chiggy. Ultra. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome back to the Amateur Otaku live stream. We are back, and we are talking Spy X Family, Season 1, Core 2. There's no lies with that hashtag. Bring it back. Bring it back. There is truth, thighs, save lives. And we have another set of ties. No. Um, Welcome back, guys. If you love what we do here at the Amateur Otaku podcast and live stream, make sure you click on the like button, subscribe, click on the bell icon so you don't miss any videos, any coverage of the Amateur Otaku podcast. We do live streams every single Sunday. If you miss the live streams, don't worry. We have awesome, awesome episodes throughout the week. And if you want to listen to us on the go, you can check out every live stream on Monday in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, you'll find it. So guys, we've been talking about Spy X Family 
for a long time now because it's been one of the most refreshing shows to come out of the summer season. Um, and the summer season was a pretty quiet season this year, right? It wasn't like it didn't have like a huge, crazy amount of stuff happening. And Spy Family, my dress up darling carried it, carried okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> It carried the summer and spring season. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, you're, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was funny. It was great. And now we're back with episode 21, Nightfall slash First Fit of Jealousy and Mario Tennis Spy X Family Edition or episode 22, the underground tennis tournament, the Campbelldon, which sounds horrible. But that is a long time. I haven't seen a title that long since High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> oof, don't uh, mind me that show. <laughs> uh, are we talking about good things? Because apparently this turned sour very quickly. It took, I, I mean, that you're just cooking. No. Okay. So, guys, we are back with Spike's family. So, guys, let's go, just jump right in. Um, it, it's hard for me to say. Let's pick up where we left off because the last couple of episodes have actually been particularly fillerish, at least in their nature, not because they're fillers, because they do have pretty much underlines of what the main goal of these characters are, or at least Lloyd or the family's goals, right? Even though they're very Anya-centric episodes more than anything. Um, but I want to get my concern out of the way because there's a lot of good stuff on these episodes so i wanted to discuss about my main concern and let's just and then we can just just focus on what we love and i wasn't here the last time we talked spy x family and i know you guys mentioned a little bit about last time about how what they're doing with the material how they're adding things that have become anime only and stuff like that or not as lengthy as they were in the in the books and I, I want to hear your thoughts in a simple in a simple fresh version here also because I want to I want to jump into that conversation as I as I, I was reading the private comments as I as we jump into these next two episodes now I, I'm guessing based on the fact that you guys talked about it last time and Jamie I want to hear your thoughts um the last couple of episodes have been pretty fillery right I'm not the only one that feels that Oh yeah, absolutely um, not. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, you you um, we talked about this a little bit last time I was on the show, but they've definitely been feeling um, and and when I say fillery, I don't mean like filler is and like bad, boring to watch, but it's like definitely not following the uh the path of the main story. Like I don't feel like we're progressing the main story in any way right. or getting any closer to Lloyd's goal of like, you know, stopping the crisis between the um West Dallas and East Dallas, I think it is. Um Ostania, I think it Ostania. is. Ostania. Yeah. East man, and West is all Yeah, the say. East and West. That's that's yes. that's all I can keep. I'm I'm very bad with names. You think I gonna remember these fake countries like no I I can't I can't. <laughs> but but they definitely uh, they've been fun to watch, but after so many like filler-ish episodes, you start to wonder like, okay, like when are we going back to like the main thing? You know, um, I think having 
filler in times where or slowing down the pace in times where like things are really heating up but we've just had like action-packed episode after episode similar to like what my hero academia did this week to where they kind of pulled back a little bit and gave us a bit of exposition before continuing on with all the fighting and stuff that's been going on um i think that's fine but at this point spy family feels like it's like really rolling to a stop if not like we've kind of been stopped for a little while um which is a little bit unfortunate because i think it's going to probably push some people away i'm still definitely here to see what happens next but um yes it's definitely been feeling a bit fillerish um in my opinion as well it it, here's what it feels like to me uh if i may (laughs) It, it, it it feels like when you play a video game and you don't want the main story to end, so you do all the side quests, that's what feels like it's happening. Like, like I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, right? And this is, before Ragnarok begins, I'm just going to say, I'm going to knock out these 20 side quests. That's what these episodes feel like. It's like, yeah, I'm having fun times with these characters that I like, but I'm not getting the, the meat and potatoes of what this story is supposed to be. And that's kind of what it feels like to me, where it's like, these are fun episodes. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy them. I had fun, like I always do. Yeah. But the story's not progressing because it feels like these are the side quests, right? Like th- th- this episode in particular, the the Nightfall episode was good, but the first mm-hmm. bit of jealousy, while cute, it's like, you can tell that the episode was 16 minutes. Like the credits start rolling at the 16 minute mark. Yeah, I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And so it's like, yeah, okay, that that's cute, Anya and uh, Bond. I I enjoyed it; it was fine. But that's where it's like, yeah, this was definitely one of those moments where me and Atreus go and do a thing that has no bearing on what the story actually is. I'm just hanging out with the boy. Yeah. So that uh, scene's uh, quote unquote uh, defense. It is from the manga. It's actually not something that they made on the spot. Yeah, and that's that's fine. It still feels that that's my point is that it feels like we're just kind of meandering a bit. It's like if my hero academia just decided to in, insert a, a moment from team up missions in the middle of this season. It's like, yeah, it's fun seeing Deku team up with Mitiko, but that has no bearing on what's happening now and it just feels like a distraction. Yeah, I think like a better way to have gone about this if they did want to show all these moments um, and that's why they're kind of like holding back on uh, some of like the main story is like similar to how like I think Demon Slayer and Bleach does it where like at the end of the episode you'll see like a little clip of like the characters doing something goofy or something that's like not really related to the story but you still get to see like what the other characters are doing in the meantime. I think that probably would have been a better way to like adapt the things that they're doing now um just because it like putting it putting these scenarios into what we think is like the prime time of like you know our 20 like 22 23 minutes of an episode it's especially at this point where they've done it multiple times it just feels like we're we're getting nowhere and i think and i think that's the big concern right and it's uh, and you know what I don't know if I want to say that it's a concern, but that's kind of where I felt that I like you can. I think when a filler becomes a problem, the filler becomes a problem when you can feel that everything has stopped, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you feel that there's no more motion. And it really does feel that there's no more motion. 
like we yeah. stop having any kind of motion um by the time we bond joined the family yeah which was what maybe three episodes ago maybe that's at the, that's at the top of this core that's the sad part yeah that, I think like, right. like <laughs> now ago. now and, and and to isaac's defense like he said a lot of this a lot of these short stories um are part of the manga which is great mm -hmm. we're not telling you not to do it right and and we did have some episodes in the first core that were vignettes right like there was two built-in episodes in one right like we we it's not that we haven't seen it before and it's okay to do it now on one side part of me wants to go good for you cloverworks good for you for for deciding to to change the format mid mid core because you want to tell different kinds of stories including these characters it's like literally spy family meets the funny papers the funny papers yeah you know what i mean that's literally almost, what's happening to me it almost feels like we've had a genre change from like comedy action to more like slice of life which i love slice of life anime but like we started with comedy action so i i was expecting more comedy action right right and it's and it's like there's there's a way of doing it where you can just flow now i wonder if we would have felt the same if they would have made the decision to go demon slayer where they where they they would make episodes of different length and they would control it that way for themselves i think this is one of those shows that one of the things that it's affecting it is having to stick to a 23 minute runtime mm -hmm. because mm. because a lot of these chapters a lot of these episodes have to be have to be created out of three to four chapter chunks and all these three to four chapters have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, that's where I, I, I guess I would need Isaac to, to kind of confirm some of that is that while these are, some of these are manga canon, um, are they usually like thrown together this, like, like the nightfall chapter, I assume that may have been like two or three chapters in the manga. Was it immediately followed up by a uh, first fit of jealousy or was that like, uh, a point uh chapter like 2.5 type of deal where it's like a half chapter that's just kind of um, the one thing when you're getting introduced to fiona is chapter 30 altogether with the uh, whole uh, jealousy act between the dog and uh, anja is just a 30.5 uh, just a small short mm -hmm. chapter that's in uh, that goes uh, next into yeah so uh, that's into chapter 31 to 32, which uh, the next episode is covering. Uh, gotcha. It's sort of like a in-between stuff. Yeah, so when, when a manga usually does the point fives, they, they are canon. I'm not saying that they're not canon, but they are like the, those OVA type of situations, right? Where right. if yeah. the season just went as is without it, they could have made this an OVA uh, it, during the downtime until they get to season two. And that's where, to me, it feels really frustrating because they've done this multiple times. And it's like, all of these could have just been OVAs, you know, yeah, the problem, where... The problem the problem with this is that I counted, and while there are some weeks that you only get special illustrations as the chapters instead of an actual chapter, if you count that all in, we, if you subtract that for the quote-unquote... Uh, chapters, so to speak, on Manga Plus. Mm -hmm. 
It's around uh, only 70, uh, 72, uh, 71. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's around, yeah, 70 to 80 chapters altogether. And you just said we adapted chapter 30, right? 30 to 30 for the first chapter, uh, for the first episode, and 30. Uh, for this episode. Gotcha. And uh, it's a bit of chapter 33, although not all that old. Okay, I think it was just a panel or two from chapter 33, if I'm not mistaking it. Mm. So, yeah, you know, we talked about this last time and talked about it a little bit this time too. It's just kind of frustrating, but I also want to be clear and just reiterate i'm enjoying everything we're getting Mm -hmm. it's just poorly paced if that makes sense for how they're going about it Mm -hmm. their biggest uh, this show uh manga's uh, strongest uh the the strongest uh point and the biggest weakness uh, at the same time of this manga is the fact that it, it is structured as a measure of you can uh it's a weekly spy show it's uh, okay. Uh, you, they have following a, a trend uh, altogether, like uh, it's uh, like a normal show. But you can sort of like start with episode one, but then you later uh, continue on with episode, let's say four. Yeah, you can easily you can easily do that, and it's episodic, like Batman the animated series. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and. Uh, which is uh, why they are able to do as um, these kind of uh, episodic episodes with uh, with uh, as a filler part because uh, it's not uh, it's in uh, some you can you can kind of say that they don't really break canon kind of deal. Yeah, I do. So... Ahead, I sorry. do wonder how the uh, the whole anime would have looked at if they would have waited for the animes to have like. Let's say 100, 220 chapters before they started production, because I think uh, the fact that they are on uh, the fact that the manga has so little, uh, so little to work with uh, in, in contrast to what an uh, anime season us- uh, anime usually have. I think I wonder if that slows. Uh, like you said, I enjoy everything that I see so far, even the filler kind of deal. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if it, uh, this show would have benefited as, uh, in a way to uh, have more chapters to work with before it started production. I mean, it's possible, yeah. but also I feel like if you... I so this is the thing again. Me being the noob here to anime, I don't quite understand the production of a filler episode. But I feel like with the show's nature, with the manga's nature being an episodic spy show, why don't we make these filler more interesting? It's like Lloyd goes on a mission, and that that's the episode. Because I feel like if if some of these were more engaging, it wouldn't be as bad. Like I can only watch Anya do a slice of life thing so many times before it kind of feels grating. Whereas Yor has done nothing really of significance this entire core. Maybe make oh, a filler. Not, 
you will love the next season. Uh, uh, no, n next season. You, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the next arc, I, you will more than likely love them. That's awesome. But these filler episodes could have been about your. You know, that's what I'm just saying. Like, if you're gonna do a filler, start to fill in some of the gaps. That's what at least I like about the My Hero Academia filler episodes is that they do focus on Uraraka. They do focus on Asui. Uh, because they don't get anything to do in the main story until now. <laughs> well, I can tell but, but, you right but... now why they focus so much on Anya. Uh, it's because if I'm not, uh, it, uh, unless I've uh, missed something here, that the, the character that is the most popular in Japan is Anja. Yeah, do I she's need great. to say more? I love Anya. No, no but, just... co but correct me if I'm wrong. The correct definition of a filler episode is an episode that is not manga it's a hundred percent anime but the problem with the spy family thing is the other side of it is that everything that they're putting on the screen correct me if i'm wrong isaac at least 80 to 90 percent if not everything that's going on on the screen is in the books yeah so it's not really a filler so the question is this for the medium should it have been cut for the sake of proper pacing and reintroduce later on. Yeah, I mean, I, I the reason I put them in the filler category is because, like I was they're, saying, they're, they're, they're cuttable. They're half chapters, yeah. so they don't, you know, they can be placed anywhere in the timeline almost. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for pacing wise, they really don't belong there. They're just fun extra bits for the readers to to check out, but they're not necessary. Which is again the definition of a filler. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think like I what like Mike has been saying, I have definitely haven't been enjoying these like filler what feels like filler episodes, but in terms of like how it's affecting the pacing of the story and um like how far like how far we progress from the start of the season, I definitely feel that they could have either spaced them out a bit more or if they just could not find a way to rework them in the schedule, then just like pick the the best of those types of stories and then, you know, ditch, ditch the rest, unfortunately, and just keep it for something that manga readers can enjoy. Yeah, because yeah. uh, going again back to Avatar Last Airbender, one of the most popular episodes from season two is The Tales of Fa Sing Se. And that is a collection of short stories that follow all of the main characters as we waste time in bossing say they're literally stuck there for a month and so this that one episode is showing the life of Aang, katara saka toph zuko i feel like spy family could have just made like two episodes of these short stories and just like collect them together instead of like this one being nightfall just tacking on another short story after the credits which was a weird choice because they've never done that before either it just feels kind of disjointed that way Comes, it came off more of a, a, of a random uh, after credit scene that didn't have to be an end credit scene. Yeah, mm. it was so it was so weird. But anyway, I loved Nightfall. <laughs> yeah. I would even say yeah. last last thing about the format, so we can jump into what we really want to talk about. Yeah, which which is this person that keeps low key calling you a slut and Mario Tennis Spy Family. What do you guys think? For some reason, I feel that it would have been more effective if the whole bo Bond story would have gone first. 
and then they do the nightfall thing in the same episode because it connects directly to the next one. Yeah, it felt again disjointed. Uh, which, but but you, do you think that change in editing would have made more sense? I mean, it mm, might have. Maybe. I it mean, did. there's definitely you know the common theme of jealousy there. So I guess thematically, it could have been better. Yeah, it's like is- starting Man of Steel from the boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I understood that reference. But yeah, you know, editing. I don't know. It, it may have worked. It may not have worked. Like even my suggestion of collecting all the short stories and turning them into a singular episode might not have worked. Um, it's kind of easy to backseat, direct, and rewrite. <laughs> so I tr- yep. I try my Mine's best like not to 2020. do that. Right. And but yeah, I I totally get where you're coming from, Brandon, with that. Um, because yeah, le- having those two bleed into each other probably makes a lot more sense than having a weird break in between. Especially since it does feel like it's a two-part episode because we're introduced to this Fiona Frost character. Uh, then we have a break, and then we are back following Fiona Frost in the next episode. It's kind of kind of strange. Which is kind of interesting because let's talk about Fiona Frost, aka Nightfall, aka, AKA Melior. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. You mean male Yuri? Female Yuri? Yuri. Yeah, female yes. Yuri. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm wow. I think um, it's sleepy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I like her as a character, even though it feels derivative. But I love how. I love how she has a very. I don't know. It's. I like. I love this show is the best when it's growing. When it's expanding. I think I mentioned this a while back when I mentioned that one of the best things in one of the filler episodes was the, 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 the reintroduction of the handler and the time we spent with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the idea that by fleshing out her character and her idea, her backstory, you're kind of making the world bigger. And that's kind of what I want. And then we stopped doing that for like five episodes. <laughs> And, yeah. Which again, I don't want to keep talking about the same thing. But when you do a lot of multiple stories in episodes that have nothing to do with it, instead of being like two episodes, it feels like six different episodes before we get to the one we want. So it feels like we're waiting longer, even though we're not. It's like they're playing with our emotions. It's like what Jamie said earlier, though, right? Because like being here in the West, a lot of cartoons are episodic. Like SpongeBob is an episodic series. Yeah. Or you just jump in and you see the lives of SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sam. Ma! <laughs> so, you know, I'm used to that format and I love that style of storytelling because, yeah, if you miss an episode, it's okay. I remember missing an episode of Avatar Less Airbender and that wrecked me because I was so confused on how the heck we lost Appa. Yeah. <laughs> That's the episode I missed. Oh, no. It was wow. Yeah. Awful. Um, but I'm used to episodic storytelling. I just feel like Spy Family had the weird position of it doesn't start out that way. It starts out as mm-hmm. a serialized format and then shifts into episodic storytelling, yeah. which is probably why it's got these weird issues in season one, whereas season two, it might be a little more cohesive. Because remember, we're still adapting the early stages of the manga, I assume. So I'm sure thing these, these are still the growing pains of that series. I would assume. Maybe I'm wrong there, Isaac. Um, 
but not as many not as many shows. Manga. What'd you say? Sorry. Laughs in manga. Okay. That I mean that doesn't help me, but all right. Um but one thing I love about MHA, the previous show we were just talking about, is that it hits the ground running and it just doesn't stop. But that's a rare occurrence. There are growing pains when it comes to starting off on a new manga, on a new story. So the format might just be the mangaka experimenting and then it gets a little more, a little more focused as it goes on type of deal too. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely introducing a character like Nightfall and directly making her a big part of the episode that follows shows a step in that direction at least or at least it feels that way like we're going back into some type of serialized content um because we've introduced this character so now we have to spend time with this character now i'm of two minds here but do you love nightfall enough that you're able to ignore the Yuri retread? Or do you feel the Yuri retread on Nightfall as a character? Uh, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> I didn't think of Yuri one second at all until you guys awesome. just said it now. Yeah, uh, mainly here. because Yuri and yours relationship are not the same. <laughs> Even though, yeah, it might be a similar character beat of I'm in love with this person. I hate the other. Um, but yeah, since this is a romantic relationship and the other one is a sibling relationship, it just didn't. Those two. Are you sure played. that's a sibling? <laughs> you know, a very that was, close sibling relationship. That would be a very I mean, different type of anime. <laughs> all I know is this: Yuri does not have the same relationship in his mind that Yor has with Yuri, mm. or at least that's the way it's presented. <laughs> this is a family show. I choose yep. to assume. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things when we go to My Hero and we have 30-year-old Twice and 16-year-old Toga, where it's like, yeah, they're just really good friends. That's all we'll I say mean, about yeah. that. No, I never even thought about it like I, that. Mm. I, I remember when I first... Uh, got I mean, they see each other as brothers. That's actually part of the... You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I saw... Uh, uh, um, Got her introduced in the manga for the first time. The uh, the first thing that uh, <coughs> sorry, yeah, the first thing that came to mind is she's either en- ending up with Yuri as a joke of them connecting through hating uh, the other person, aka he hates uh, Lloyd, uh, she hates your kind of deal, and they uh, really connect like that, or uh, just as a big joke and. Considering how much uh, the, the series love to be bizarre, I can see that happening just for a giggle. Giggle, giggle, giggle. And, and uh, I, uh, I have to uh, ask Mike specifically because we are talking about how we uh, the sh- uh, they are always uh, adapting several chapters like that. I will. Um, What's your opinion of the whole idea of them? Do you think I'm onto something when it comes to them feeling rather restrained uh, with the amount of chapters if they only cover one chapter technically, or, well, should I say one and a half, uh, for an entire uh, episode and not just three to four? 
So, I, I mean, it, it comes down to the content. I'm, since I'm not reading Spy Family, I don't know how many pages a chapter is. Is it like it a, a fairly a, long? Okay, so is it like a, a monthly series or a bi weekly? Bi- uh, I think it's bi weekly. Bi weekly. So, we're looking at Boruto length. Got it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're necessarily being restrained. Again, it's just more of a how they're pacing them out. Um, because the Nightfall episode felt short because it, the credits start rolling at the 16-minute mark. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, and again, this just goes to the, the direction of the episode itself, not necessarily the manga contents. Uh, a cheap way to, add, to kind of pad out that episode instead of adding the random Anya bit is to just cut back and forth between... Uh, Fiona Frost and Yor, but also just splice in uh, the walk that Lloyd is taking Anya on. And you can just do anime-only content, like have a scene with those two before they get back to the to the apartment. That can get you an extra two to three minutes, and you, you're right there at like 19 minutes. <laughs> so the, those, are the, those are the type of changes I would make pacing-wise, not necessarily the, how, the, how they're adapting it. So going back to backseat directing with Mike Thomas... <laughs> Um, Jamie, did you feel a retread or did you enjoy Fiona from the get go? Um, like, like Mike, I didn't see, I didn't think of Yuri at any point watching Nightfall. Um, so I think she's different enough, uh, to, to be interesting to me. Um, I really like her and I think it's, you know, I wasn't expecting her to be like head over heels for Lloyd upon her first introduction. I thought it was more of a like I don't know, really close uh, teacher student kind of relationship, I guess. Until she full on is like Suki, Suki, and I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I like her character. I think she's interesting, and I especially. Um, enjoyed uh, the following episode, like the the underground, you know, Mario Tennis episode, where we get to see just like how much she likes Lloyd into play, and also like how they play off of each other. Um, so yeah. I definitely, I think she works as um, kind of like a character that I guess somewhat mirrors Yuri, but isn't exactly the same. And I think that's where I stand. Like it's one of those. It's she's one of those characters. And I think it has to do with also with the fact that I haven't 100% enjoyed the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. You know how when you start like losing a little bit of interest, you start looking for everything that looks interesting, but then you overthink it anyway to make sure that you're not going down another rabbit hole of boredom. Or boredom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, so that like, is I, a very specific Brandon type of problem. <laughs> yes, yes, that's 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 me. Um, it's like for example, there's like I'm the type of person that I see one thing once. And when I'm watching it again, I'm replaying everything already. So I kind of I'm seeing things and fast forward in my mind as I'm watching it. So unless I really love it, I don't want to watch it again because I've already seen it. That's how I feel. And now I did love Fiona Frost. I did love her as Nightfall. I like her as a new character. I think when I walk away from the show is when I start seeing the parallels. But I like her enough to to enjoy the time that I spend with the character. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I but- guess for me, the the difference between her and Yuri, right, is that Yuri's 
uh, hatred of Lloyd has no bearing on the story. It's just kind of a funny character beat. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Yuri ever poses a threat to Lloyd, whereas Fiona very much can just replace Yor, right? Because yeah. of the if the mission requires it. Well, remember, but then again, you have the other side of the equation. It's not a problem for Yuri until he figures out that he's a spy for the other side. Yeah, but I'm saying like Yuri doesn't feel like he's smart enough to get there just yet. Right. <laughs> Without some help. Fair enough. Um, whereas, Fair enough. And that's why I feel like I don't feel a parallel between those two. Like Until you guys mentioned it, I can kind of see it, but Yuri's kind of an idiot, and Fiona's very much not. She's just a big Lloyd simp. <laughs> so yeah. yes. there, there's enough differences to where it didn't even cross my mind. Now, focusing on the good things, Mario Tennis was awesome. Is awesome. Yes. And I love the fact that we finally have two spies being spies with each other. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we, I, I, it's the first time we've seen it. Like, we've seen, we've seen soldiers work together with Twilight, but we haven't seen two spies being spies with each other working together. Like, that whole scene, to me, I mean, the whole tennis thing was a great episode throughout. But in the Nightfall episode... The whole thing of them talking in secret while actually talking. Mm-hmm. That was that so was... frustrating. This is why I watch dubs. <laughs> that was, I could that not was, keep up. That was awesome. And then, but then the other side, when whatever's happening in the room to drug them is happening, and they're talking Morse code with their feet and their hands. Those little touches like that is like, Mwah. I like this. I like this. I need more. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I didn't. I wasn't in the previous episode, but I gotta say this. This is from two episodes ago, so I'm sorry, but I just thought about it. <laughs> that moment where Anya talks about talks to Yor to probably going to her place of work, and Yor goes on this murder spree in her mind, <laughs> and Anya goes, uh, "I think I'm gonna go to Dad's job." So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the the episode was great with um, Nightfall and Tennis, and I love how there were superpowers. <laughs> yeah, tennis yeah. is one of my favorite sports, so I had a blast with that episode. My only complaint is that I wanted them to go full sports anime and just like make it an episode of Haikyuu. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of how I felt at the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, this is hype. <laughs> yeah, but you know. It's it's okay. They, this is spy family, so they didn't go that far, but yep. it was still fun. <laughs> Isaac, what were your thoughts on the entire Mar- Mario Tennis um, fights, or are you talking about uh, the Justice episode as a whole? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, do enjoy me some Mario Tennis, mm-hmm. and I think they handled it quite well here. I mean, uh, it would have been, how to put it, it wouldn't, uh, it, 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 it was needed within the story to have just ramp up the ridiculousness of the whole power-ups uh, everyone had <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Although the siblings in the uh, in the 
in the last fight of that episode, <laughs> they just made it completely Mario uh, Mario Tennis. No, I, I, yeah. I love I love how he built up to that. It's like playing Super Punch Out, where you the start with like boss. the. Yes, like you start with the regular boxer and then you go with, I don't know, the wrestler at the end or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. you start with Glass Yo and end with Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, I, I love the whole thing. It's awesome. I love uh, episode 22 because this is the first time in like five episodes where we're not doing the two-part bit. And so it just mm -hmm. felt like a more fleshed out story, right? I, yeah. I, I, I love how we went back to... This is why we hate the other ones. This I, one. <laughs> no, but I'm like, if the stakes were much higher. Like the pace of course. Was, was yeah, much yeah. No, no, I agree. Oh, I agree. It's, it's not trying to, to, re, to retread that, because I really no. did love these two episodes. Yeah. Um, Nightfall as a, as a character, I think, is, is fascinating. One, I thought Lloyd was going to get his back broken that episode, um, because I'm a Batman nerd. When I see Nightfall, I only think of one thing. <laughs> but It didn't have the K at the beginning. This is true. That is Nightfall. Totally different. That's my yes. mistake. Um, but yeah, I, I think she plays as a fascinating foil for Yor, which has been my complaint of the entire uh, story thus far, this only season one. Of The premise is the spy and the assassin, and we don't see the assassin do anything for like, yeah. the last 15 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I'm hoping that we get something from your and according to Isaac, I should be happy with whatever comes next season. But it's like, I, I I love everything we do with Anya. I love everything we do with with Lloyd. I need to see your have something aside from learning how to cook. So I think uh, Fiona makes up as a fun foil for her. You I, know, I, we, we get a small glimpse in this episode where she thinks about killing Fiona. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe that thought will grow stronger. Yeah. The emperor will whisper, "Do it." <laughs> I don't know why, but I love I love how how you mentioned the whole thing about um, we don't want the best story of your to be just seeing her cook, but it's but I find it interesting how that was one of the best episodes of the entire season. So if we love that, imagine when we actually get great your stories. Yes. That's that, that's what I'm here for. I love like yeah. that's the thing. I love all of these characters so much. And again, harping, I love everything we've gotten so far, even though pacing wise it was kind of kind of wonky. I just I think that's just a testament to how strong the show is, though, is that we want to see more of them and more interesting scenarios, if that if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. I hope that the final boss is in the brothers and there's something else going on. <laughs> because I can't have this end in a two-parter next chapter. Now, that being said, I do want to talk about this. Best joke of this episode. If, is, is it the best? Do we have a favorite moment of the previous episode? Do we have a favorite moment of this episode? Ooh. I know for me, my favorite moment of episode 21 was honestly the, like, the fit of jealousy part. Even mm. though I know we were critiquing, like, having the small, like, the smaller bite-sized, like, two-part or two episodes within an episode thing. But that was honestly my favorite just because of the faces that Anya made and then, like, <laughs> Bond's response is just like, 
oh no yes. <laughs> like i messed up and yes. and bond being jealous of the penguin was also pretty funny to me yeah. um as far as my favorite part of episode 22 i would just say when um when lloyd is like you know i i've been dabbling in tennis and I, in my head i'm thinking okay either he's just going to be okay at tennis and he'll really have to outsmart um his opponent or he's just going to be so like like godly amazing at it and then he hits the tennis ball i'm like okay we're watching haiku now all right let's go <laughs> so I, i'm I just really i'm just glad becky wasn't watching this game Oh man, I'm sure <laughs> Becky would have a wall. She's like, I'm gonna get all on him, <laughs> whoever that is. I have to uh, unfortunately correct myself. The arc I'm thinking of is about 10 episodes, uh, 10 chapters in, so it is a risk that it could be in season two. I, I do apologize, but there is uh, something that is pretty good, like, uh, after this. Okay, nice. I'll, the I'll the power, really the power it. of hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, favorite ep- favorite moments from episode twenty one and twenty two. Ooh, favorite episode from twenty one. Okay, because I watch these together. I don't watch them separately, so they, they may blur a little bit. Uh, so, I so, just... so the episodes might separate themselves, but you don't watch the episodes separately. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I just, the day before we do these recordings, I just watch them both. It's easier for me that way. <laughs> um, but for episode 21, I pro- I think one of my favorite bits is is Fiona's reveal, right? Is that we, we first see her and she's qu- she's like, I need to help uh, Twilight on this mission. And then we get like the reveal that she's like madly in love with him. I just think is mm-hmm. so funny because I did not expect that. And the entire mm-hmm. episode, she's just stone cold. Mm-hmm. I th- like that's more of a character character beat, not necessarily a moment. But I just think that's so funny how inside she's a mess, but she just doesn't show it. Because- no, and she does like the whole high pitch squeals and everything. It's yes. yeah, that's, it's yes. so funny. It's so great. That's why. I think she's such a, a, a fun addition to this cast. Um, and yeah, I, I do like uh, first fit of jealousy. Like, Anya's watching her, her spy show, her cartoon. And the penguin dies. Like, what is she watching? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Like, I didn't expect it to be Bond tears the toy up, which uh-huh. is cute. Again, mm-hmm. I know we were kind of hard on it. It's still it's still a cute short. I still like it. Um the the Mario tennis episode, I just again me being the tennis fan that I am, I just love actually watching the matches and like the the, the brother and sisters high tech rackets, <laughs> like it, it's going out of bounds and the mm-hmm. racket just extends and just knocks it back. It's just so stupid, and I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, give that to Serena, dang it! Maybe she could come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, could you imagine? True. Isaac, favorite moments from episodes 21 and 22. Go. Well, favorite uh, moment of episode so the 21 is probably uh, the whole uh, short story because it's just so cute and funny. I'm not, uh, while I don't hate Fiona uh, like I do with Jury, I, well, because she doesn't have a brocon and I still hate those kind of. Um, and those kind of cis uh, uh, and brocon, but uh, it's uh, I c- 
can't deny that uh, stuff like that with Anya just melts my heart. Kind of deal. Just uh, her having some uh, funny, cute moments. Kind of deal. And uh, when it comes to the next uh, episode after that, well, it's just an entire uh, insanity that this spy X family meets uh, Mario Tennis. Just going from a regular couple to uh, guys on st uh, extreme steroids. I mean, uh, it's not even, uh, how should I put it, how they think the, uh, these steroids would work in a quote-unquote official game is kind of funny. And uh, the, the, the fact that they are just ramping it up more and more. I'm not that big into tennis normally, but it's stuff like that that makes it just even funnier. I'm just laughing going back to the Nightfall episode, and Anya spills the cocoa, and Fiona's just like, if I were her mother, she wouldn't spill a drop in the first place. You just see her, like, beating the crap out of Anya. <laughs> and like, nobody's oh. seen this except Anya. <laughs> She immediately runs to you like, oh, you're the best mom of all time. <laughs> like, let's cuddle, mom. <laughs> like, that, those are the moments that make me laugh. Like, I funny. mean, uh, you can't blame Anya uh, for being scared of that woman. Oh, no, I'm scared of her. <laughs> so, my favorite moment is... The whole thing with the dog and the pig. <laughs> like, like, like the fact, I, I still find it hilarious that Anya calls all her dolls and things agents and Lloyd just doesn't get it. Like, she, he thinks that it's all because of Bondo Man. And it's really because she knows that he's a spy. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the nuance and all of that. It's like, oh no, Agent Penguin. It's just... So that was my favorite of that. Um, I do love just jumping in right quick. I do love how the one of the first uh, short stories was her getting that penguin, and so it's like the short stories do connect. If you really that was it. actually the ending of the first core, right? Yeah, I think so. So I love how they do connect a, a little bit there, um, just to to clear up some of our complaints from earlier. I think that is kind of cool how she says, "I love it because you got it for me." And that's the part where I'm just like, aww. Yep. All of that. All of that aw. Mm -hmm. And then there's one line in 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 episode twenty two that I think was just perfection. When Lloyd literally says, Why do we have to do this cover? A couple? And like Nightfall is just losing her shit. <laughs> It's just, it's just great. We're gonna do this now as spies, and then suddenly one day, for real, ah! <laughs> like it's. Just... I also like how they were the phony couple. That was funny. Yes. Oh, by the yes, the 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 entendre game is strong. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, Lloyd's cover name is Forger, so I yes. love how they just keep uh -huh. the theme there because that's so funny. Um, I love. I also love. Uh, you were mentioning. Her like inner monologues, right? Of Fiona Frost. I love how she's just Kitagawa with Gojo, where she's like, ah, I love him. And, uh, that's all Anya hears in her mind. And I'm just like, oh boy, this is 
Kitagawa all over again for my dress up darling. Love to see it. <laughs> so great. So great. So guys, anything else in Spikes family? We've got three episodes left. I'm sad. Oh man. Why would you be sad? Since after that we can pick up Mob. Oh yeah. Well, I think Mob will be over at that point. I mean, that doesn't stop anybody. But I haven't seen Mob, so that doesn't really. Okay, I'm glad I haven't said anything yet. Then. Well, here's the good thing about it: you can start it. So we'll just throw it on the list, I guess. (laughs) Mob. Well, well, I mean, you're all about checking the list and checking it twice. So. Ho ho ho! Find out if Mob is naughty or nice. (laughs) Mob's one of those characters where he's drawn like a background character and it just makes me laugh and i'm like that's weird okay that's actually the point (laughs) i will say mob gets a new look this season that's pretty funny i think you'll like it (laughs) sweet guys we've done the thing we have talked spy x family episodes 21 and 22 we can't wait to see this topic come back in two weeks where we pick up where we left off. We love covering anime and having conversations with you guys of My Hero Academia, Spikes Family, um, Chainsaw Man, Bleach, Ghibli movies, um, everything anime and manga. We love covering with you guys every single week. If you do not want to miss any episodes, any chapters, any coverage, make sure you click on the like button, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes on it, and make sure you click on the bell icon so you can get every single coverage that we do every single week. Um, also, go to our podcast channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. If you love what we do and love listening to us on the go, give us a five-star review. If you give us a five-star review, it puts us on the top of the list, and more people can find it. This community can grow, and we can keep talking awesome anime every single week. It was awesome, guys. Thank you, Jamie, for joining us. You're part of the crew now. It's a thing. Um, uh, if people wanted to find you, where can they find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Swiper Art on YouTube and at Swiper underscore Prime here on YouTube and as well as on Twitch. Uh, the Game Awards is actually happening this coming week, um, depending on when you guys are watching, I guess, on December 8th. So if you guys are watching that, I'll be watching as well. Uh, we'll probably also talk about it on the Geek Vibes channel too. So just just keep your eyes out. Nice. Oh, yeah. Isaac, where can people find you, man? Written work, Vobum Entertainment, uh, social media, Emblemaniac. Mike Thomas. You can find me watching Chainsaw Man on YouTube.com slash Novicinophile. Episode 4 goes up on Monday, so that's a thing (laughs) if you want to check that out. I'm trying to catch up as fast as possible, trying to edit these as fast as possible so we're caught up before the season ends. Um, Yeah, you can also find me at uh, Geek Vibes Nation. We're doing the Game Awards this week, like Jamie said. You can also find me on the Geek Vibes Twitch channel. Uh, In a couple weeks, I'm going to start The Last of Us part one as we prepare to cover the last of us in full over mm-hmm. on the chatter after we're going to start covering that every single week when it comes out next year so go to youtube.com slash at the chatter after so you won't miss a thing over there uh and yeah social media novice cinephile everywhere and you can find me at the scarlet fan 52 on twitter and you can find the pod 
at the Amateur Otaku. We will see you next time, guys. Have it awesome. Stay awesome. Keep watching anime. Peace. See you. Adios.